0: Hello, and welcome back to Zapped to the Past, and our look at the games that were reviewed in Issue 7 of zap 64, and released in November 1985. I am Adrian Mills, and I am joined as always by Graham Raddings. Last week, we looked at our first batch of games from this issue, and we're delighted to be a droid in Paradroid, made aware of a really bad version of The Matrix in Hunter's Patro- Hunter Patrol, and eaten alive in horrible ways by rats in the rats if you haven't listened to it then go and do so if you have then let's get on with things graham what do we have to look forward to in this second part in this roller coaster of an episode we find
1: ourselves zooming around the wizard's lair diving into the mysterious hacker caught screwing around the castles of dr creep and sweeping slowly into karateka sadly we also play no physics snooker with steve davis force our eyeballs out with forks playing doughboys and cops and robbers and ad goes full-on hulk hogan over william wobbler
0: Okay, that's good. Uh, so let's get on with things. Uh, and so our first game is Wizard's Lair. Graham, thoughts on Wizards Lair? So, um this is essentially Attic Attack.
1: Let's get it let's get it out of the way, right? This is a this is the Commodore 64 version of Attic Attack. It's different sprites, different it's a bit more colourful, different sprites, it's the same kind of same kind of game logic. And there's actually there's actually nothing wrong with that. Attic Attack is a great game in of itself. Um, so the idea is that you've got to uh, run around the wizard's lair, pick up objects, collecting things, opening doors. It's it's essentially the same logic as Attic Attack, same sort of thing, and an escape from the wizard's lair. Same kind of idea. Instead of it being a little Attic Attack character this time, the little knight, you've got kind of a little sort of, uh, I don't know what you'd call him, really, a surf, a, a little spook, I don't know what it is, but you've got a little graphic, um, high-res graphics indeed all the way around. It moves at a pace. It's got the same kind of sound effects as Attic Attack, so it's got kind of a spectrum y, kind of a clicky, blippy kind of sound. And it's actually a very playable game. If you like these kind of arcade, arcade adventure-y style, zoom around, it's it's a good mixture between shoot them up and collect them up this. And quite deeply playable, and it's kind of nice to get into, it's nice to run around, It's that there is that frantic kind of zooming around the doors and doing stuff kind of pace. I quite liked it. It plays fast, it's you know, I, I like, Attic Attack is my favourite Sinclair Spectrum game by Miles, I, I love it. So for me, this is just more of the same, and that's no bad thing, I like it. It's good all around, it's just, it's just, I Attic Attack, what can you say, with different graphics? And I enjoyed it. It actually, it fared better in my mind than I thought it would. Because in my mind, I thought to myself, I knew it was an Attic Attack clone. And I didn't don't remember playing it lots on the Commodore 64, but I remember it being a kind of a go-to game. On a, if I found it, I'd be like, oh, I'll have a bit of a blast in that for a while. So I, in my mind, I thought, did I not go back to this a lot for any specific reason? Did I Have I got the wizardry memories going on here? Is it another game where it's wizards and wizardry, and when you get to it, it's a welder trying to find his way out of a endless mess? Um, and it wasn't that so it actually did feel a bit you know magic-y sorcery wizardy fun and its pace is what keeps it going it's it's quite frantically paced so I enjoyed it what's not to like it got a good review in zap as well for those same reasons so that's me I,
0: I liked it but did you hate it by any means <laughs> I didn't hate it um I don't have the same affinity that you have with a- a- attic attack in fact I think I'm gonna go on record here and say I've never played a- attic attack oh. um no I haven't and I, I I've not played many spectrum games I, I only had one friend who had one, um, and I and, I've, and he, he, he was the same friend who was the, the train spotter, unfortunately. Sort of thing, and it was just whatever we played on the spectrum, sort of thing. It was never particularly, I don't know, it was a strange experience. So this was, you know, unusual to me. I, I and in that respect, I don't have an attic attack thing to draw upon for this. So this was, um, I remember playing this at the time, and my notes here I've written quite spectrum esque in looks and feel. Mm, yeah, there's <laughs> so, no wonder. Uh, but there's no wonder, sort of thing. This is like me not knowing that sort of thing, but it, instantly I felt that it's fast, as you say. I've, I've labeled it a flick screen shootathon yeah um which is kind of what it is because it's it's more about shooting than collecting although there is a lot of collecting but i'm not sure why you're collecting but i, I don't know it's fast enough my main gripe with it is that i want it i wanted a bit more playing area mm. the actual playing area that you've got is, is quite tight yeah um and obviously, you can only fire in eight directions, sort of thing, but either a bit more playing area or smaller enemies and main sprite would have been nicer. Yeah. Uh, just to give you a bit more space to, to play and dodge and move around and, and you know, because it moves very fast. And that's great. And, and you know, for these kind of games, it's kind of what you want. And so I don't have a problem with this sort of thing. It just, for me, it felt a, a sort of an early precursor. It's, all, it's almost, you know, in, in some kind of way, like it's like a, a derivative of what would lead to like twin stick shooters. Yes. Um, and, you know, like Geometry Wars and things. And getting games like that sort of thing because you could see this give yourself another give yourself another stick sort of thing and you could make a great twin stick shooter out of this and would feel a lot better in fact something i've made myself sort of thing or or demoed and prototyped so there's loads of stuff to do there's loads of pickups you pick up loads of weapons there's all kinds of stuff there's some kind of shop you can trade stuff there's weird stuff going on in this health there's there's this sort of an ammo requirement because you run out of ammo there's loads of different environments that i found and just charging around but i absolutely had no clue what i was doing i ran from screen to screen from door to door shooting stuff picking stuff up kept on going until I was dead Yeah, and I had no idea to what, what I was supposed to be doing then it went you have discovered 16% of the wizard's lair I was like have I okay <laughs> I'll try again and I did the same thing again and I shot and I ran around and you've discovered 18% oh, what am I doing What? and, and, and it's quite fun it's very hard, you know, it, because everything moves at such a pace, and you just run out of stuff. And as and, and and it feels quite, you know, this is a mapper's delight. I'm guessing yeah. it's not randomly generated. It's not randomly generated, is no, it? it is no, no. It's, it's
1: 256 <laughs> screens big. Yeah, in so, The map. So, as,
0: so as, as, as if you were into your mapping back then, sort of thing. Mm. This would like the, your the neurons in your brain would be, you know, the, oh, the, do- yeah. the dopa the dopamine and stuff would be so heavy, sort of thing. You'd probably be <laughs> froth- frothing on the floor. Yeah. Um. So I can imagine in that respect back then. In 1985, this was, you know, uh, someone sending in tips to Zap sort of thing or Commodore user or whatever sort of thing would be like, oh, I've got to get this map done. And so I get that. Just, I, I just had no clue what was going on. You know, it just felt a lot of rooms where I was shooting stuff and picking stuff up and I had no idea to what end. Yeah, it's fun. And, and I guess if I understood what I was supposed to be doing, I may have a bit more enjoyment from it and may have a bit more thing, but I don't think I could actually get generate much strategy because it was just, didn't feel like I could, I could actually strategize in any of the rooms because no. it was just... Well,
1: it's not a game of strategy. It is just—it's a shoot 'em up with a bit of run around, collecting, and mapping thrown in. It it is—it's more of—I would say—I think it's more shoot 'em up than collect 'em up, really, because it is. And it um, operates—the 256 rooms aren't in one big map. They're actually you operate on separate levels, so you can go up and down in sort of lifts.
0: Yeah, I found I found a lift. Yeah. yeah,
1: the kind of wardrobe lifts, really. But it's just the idea that it operate. It's trying to operate those things differently to Attic Attack, but there's no getting away from its influence. I mean, it's clear as a bell. It wears it very, very light and and shiny on its sleeve. I think you're right about the plane area. It does feel a bit small. I think that's the playoff with the graphics being the sort of high resolution and colour. The, the way they've coloured them is that you, you know, if you have too much of those things on a Commodore 64, I think it might struggle. I don't know, but um, like you said, it's it's is it more if you like shooting. Are you going to get us enough out of it to be a shooter? Probably not. If you're like collecting and mapping games, well, as you say, you know, you're going to be sat there scribbling away with your notepad, you know, furiously <laughs> noting the mapping. And you know, with 256 things to map, yeah, you know, I suspect in an issue's time there'll be some um, some map some map a lot will have done the whole thing and, and it will be sent into Zap in full colour. So I don't doubt that. I, I, it's enjoyable enough. You've got you, either like, you like that about, kind you- of game. Or you don't, I suppose.
0: I, I, I As side aside, did you ever map a game? Did you ever map anything?
1: I didn't ever map a game, no, because I uh, never had enough time, I don't think, to sit and patience to do it. I don't. I wouldn't like to say whether I'd started one, and I'm trying to think which games I might have d- started, and I'm wondering whether it was more Lucasfilm games where I started to sort of map out a little bit of where I was going, and sometimes in the Lucasfilm games, especially in things like um, Zack Kraken and in uh, Monkey Island, there was parts where you needed to sort of map out your routes a little bit. Maybe then, but I don't remember. Having big A4, you know, pieces of paper connected via tape with you know, hundreds of little map drawings on. I don't really know anyone that did. Did you know anyone that did that? Did you do that actually? Mm-hmm. Oh, you, you was a mapper. I did,
0: I, uh, no, I only did it for one game, and then we'll cover that game as it will come was along tapper. Dancing, And that, that yeah, one screen. There you go. Four bars. <laughs> map, easiest game I ever mapped. <laughs> T- T- tapper mapper. That's what they called me. <laughs> <laughs> it's written. It's written into graffiti around Grimstone Town. it's the Tapper Mapper. No. No one maps <laughs> topper like
1: him. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder your brother oh, was sorry. so good at it, he followed your map.
0: <laughs> he did sort of thing. Um, no, the the only game I, I ever mapped was uh, Yusagi yajimbo mm. Samurai, uh, Samurai Rabbit. Mm. Um, I did. I, I, I was very proud of my map for that. I did. It was on three, two or three sheets of A3 paper, with each each level laid out, coloured in with you know, depending on what type of level it was, with right, with, with coloured pencils, wow. marking off where the, all the enemies were. Check each level out. was the length of, a, of an A4 thing. I took ages doing that. I had great fun doing that. Uh, but that's the only game I ever mapped. I couldn't be bothered doing anything. <laughs> else um just because i really enjoyed you saggy jimbo and i could finish it so it was like i'm gonna ma- i'm gonna map this but yeah i could imagine people you know mapping in it you don't have yeah. many maps these days do you no especially not for games like tapper tapper mapper. No. can you imagine if somebody <laughs> sat and drew
1: a hand drawing map of halo it'd be massive
0: <laughs> could you imagine doing assassin's creed
1: oh no well you'd just be a you know a, a you map, accurate <laughs> version of rome
0: yeah you know <laughs> there you go here's your map I suppose you get maps in games these days yeah
1: exactly Yeah,
0: joy's been taken away what we want is like games which don't give you a map and they just expect you to do it
1: people it did give that extra dimension back then to be able to do those kind of things didn't it to these games yeah
0: kind of a bit of and in, 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 and and in these
1: games actually in truth if you really want to get the most out of them you're probably going to need to draw a map because yeah, you, you know you, you can easily get lost f- in this
0: yeah i completely got lost you need to figure out your route yeah you need to replay it and replay it and figure out right if i go down this through this door this time i get there and so that leads there and blah blah, blah. yeah 256 screens i think is a good a mm. good number like what was the other one we looked at that one with the stupid dinosaur was 2000 screens or oh, something that that's was just crazy it, it's yeah. just ridiculous lands of havoc was it lands of mm. havoc anyway that was Wizards yeah. mapathon you know your mappers, your mappers delight. will Love it, mappers delight. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Why did I not think of that pun? <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why am I programmed to not come up with those puns? <laughs>
1: oh, anyway,
0: dear. anyway. Ma- mappers delight. Here we go. All right, cool. Uh, let's move on. Okay, um, God almighty. Steve Davis' is snooker. Snooker's Mr. Personality. Blent his visage to a top-down snooker game. My, my first initial note sort of thing is for the, uh, I think it's the loading screen sort of thing, is that Steve's on a bit of weight in that title screen. It's that a, title screen image,
1: it... I actually screen-grabbed it. We'll stick that on the, uh, the website. That is not Steve Davis in that image. Like, Let's just it's establish it's, that.
0: It's, it's Steve Davis's sort of older, larger... Brother. <laughs> with, with, with hilarious <laughs>
1: Emperor Ming style eyebrows. The yeah, brows it's a, it's on the guy. Go. Sp- Goodness very, me.
0: Very He's on um, fleek. <laughs> Don't say that. God damn you. Oh, Live you in like. the now. Um, snooker. It's Snooker, is it? That's what I've written. It's Snooker, is it? Um, it's a great in tune. It's a top-down version of Snooker, so that's just what it is. You can all imagine this. There's your Snooker table from the top down. You've got your 15 reds, your black, your pink, your blue, your brown, your green, and your yellow, and your white. It's Snooker. And you, it's Snooker and there's some interesting options that you can look around with, but it's snooker. And I, and I, and I struggle because I don't know what else there is to say. It plays an okay game of snooker. The, you can put spin on stuff and you can judge your power and you can pop balls and it's snooker. Yeah. <laughs> what else is there? Well, What did you think? Did you enjoy it? It's decent. uh, It's not terrible. It it is crap. It is utter (laughs) crap. (laughs) I I didn't think it was that bad. But it's just snooker.
1: It's no. There's nothing wrong with snooker. Snooker's fine. But this isn't. This is a. This is full of pointless stupidity. This game. So take out. (laughs) Let's just take out the snooker part. Okay. The snooker snooker. So you know. Let's not. Let's just take that out. The fact that you can edit the table to make it weird colours was stupid. The fact that you can have all these kind of bizarre physics tactics in there that make no difference, because when you do hit the ball, you get this flickery representation of weightless ping-pong balls flopping and pinging around. It played awfully. It just felt the... Yeah. These balls had no weight. <laughs> no, I'm That's not asking... what you want to hear. <laughs> I'm, not... I'm not asking for much... But if you're gonna have a if you're gonna make a game that's based around a physics and let's be absolutely honest, snooker is a game of physics. Um you then need weighty the balls. balls. The, you need weighty balls. The balls need to have some kind <laughs> of inertia and gravity and weight and mass. And these don't. They just pop around like ping-pong balls, partly because I think they're made up of character graphics from the Commodore 64, so they're not... Yeah, probably. It's not, from a programming perspective, it's not the greatest way of doing it, but you don't have enough sprites to perhaps do it the way they wanted. Um, and so it just lacks the... It lacks the... Physical representation of physics required to make it anything other than the quirky kind of floaty ball simulator with weird ways of making the the <laughs> the, 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 the snooker table funny colours. Um, and the music actually made me want to find and murder people. It's so drilling and grating and annoying, it's awful. Yes. So just they just mm. could have taken it out completely. It Would have it just makes this already poor game annoying and poor. Um, so how it got seventy odd percent in. I don't know. I'm guessing just because there aren't many other snooker games. So if this is the the best of the crap, then at least give it 70%. Because I hate to think what a snooker game that's worse than this would get in, in there. It's just, you know what? Stop doing these snooks, these simulations that require complex physics on an 8-bit machine. Just stop. If you don't know how to program it, don't do it. <laughs> Simple as that. a so stop. Then Steve Davies should have stepped in and gone, no, you know what? That is not how I play snooker. Stop this immediately.
0: Well, I don't suppose he cared too much, I sort of think, because he was be probably onto a nice bit of nice bit of lolly. Yeah, true. <sighs> you know. true I suppose, but you know, even even he would be like upset. Like great Gooch, like Ian Botham, like all Just these the people. Name. Like, the like, names. They were big names, though. Like, like Tim Love, like Jonah Barrington, squash. Well, the thing know. is, this uh, these things that they could have added
1: to this that they didn't. I mean, you can you can move you but can like set physics. the table, play <laughs> what your physics would have been the key thing. But instead of that, you get change the, the colour of the table from green to blue move the balls around in quirky positions and i'm guessing for some kind of trick shots that you can't actually do i just don't see steve davis you know who at that time was famously he's actually quite a funny guy steve davis and famously they kind of always painted him as having no personality when he was in things like um spitting image and stuff but they, steve davis is uh-huh. actually quite a funny guy and um so i imagine he probably looked at this and thought it's nothing like snooker but just release it anyway <laughs> I don't know what yeah. game that is, and I agree it looks like snooker, but it ain't snooker.
0: To be fair, it looks more like snooker than Bowsman's cricket look like cricket. Yeah, well, that's not saying um, much, is it? Though that's 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 that's, that's that, true. That, that is just comparing
1: a, a turdy apple for a true. turdy pear. You know, it's just it's, it's just not they're not great simulations of their sports. And no, I think they're that, not. And, that, and that's what I mean, We went if we go right back to when we when we looked at um, on court tennis, and we that mm. was a bit slow, but at least it looked and felt like tennis, and it abided by the kind of tennis rules. So it's important that when you make these games. That um, that they abide by and have a feel for the rules of the games that they're playing or don't do them that baseball game that we had didn't apply the baseball rules properly so it was impossible this applies no physics to a game that is principally about <laughs> physics <laughs> So, you know, you may as well just put it in space for all the difference it made. It, it, actually, then it would have made more sense because they would have been weightless. So here, they are weightless anyway, so it would have made sense in space. So this could have been Steve Davis's snooker simulation bracket space edition, and that would have made more sense for a game that requires no physics.
0: <laughs> to be fair, there's nothing around the table apart from blackness, so... It could be, yeah. Just, you know, give the balls
1: mass if you can, or don't pr- don't avoid these kind of gravity, mass-based physics games. Don't do them. Just avoid. <laughs> Cricket's the <laughs> same.
0: It shouldn't. There's no way this is a 79. 5%. No, no, but, way in, no way in hell. The, the strange no, thing else, is, can't.
1: the strange thing is, if you're talking about hitting a little ball into little pockets, how does leaderboard golf get the physics in the simulation so well and right? And a game that's actually on a much smaller, tinier little kind of golf green, so tot- so completely wrong. It just, you know, yeah. if you just substitute the guy out of leaderboard for a guy with a a snooker cue, and you could actually, when you're doing the putting in leaderboard golf, you could have that as your snooker game. It wouldn't require much more thought than that. But no, we've got. To do this elaborate, whatever you hell you call that, you know this is this is table <laughs> tennis mixed with snooker. This is uh, snooker, 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 ping pong. It's horrible.
0: I think you 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 dislike this more than I did. I think that's clear. Well, I, I, <laughs> I, I there are there are greatly great
1: snooker games that come way later down the line. There um, are, there but,
0: are. There, um, there, No, no, a, That's what I mean. I'm not not getting me wrong sort of thing. I looked at this and just saw so saw, saw balls. They pinged around. Yes, the physics are crap. Yes, it was like nonsense. But and I hit something I did pot something every now and again and I was like eh. but it's just, uh, it's just it, it needed some weight to it weightless yes. balls is there anything worse? <laughs> <laughs> no no there really isn't although no. I've never experienced it so let's move on we don't we don't like Steve doses snooker sorry Steve, no we don't not for us I think though we probably liked it more than our next game.
1: I think there's a very, very strong chance of that,
0: <laughs> because our next game we talked about the crapvert, which showed the the uh, joyous side of war, um, <laughs> of World War yeah. One, whatever it was, a, f- a few few issues back. Doughboy. Yeah. This was nine ninety five. God's <laughs> oh sake. My goodness, what, mate. A, what a travesty. What Go a rip off. How ha- ha- about it? Go on, do it. Okay,
1: single-screen game. You're a soldier. There's trenches, there's mines, there's ladders, there's fuses, there's TNT to pick up and there's enemies shooting at you. And the idea is to, I think, run around collecting things and blow stuff up and shoot stuff. Okay, that's it. It's all on one screen. And that is where the many, 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 many problems begin. I'm not even going to labour labor and go on about them all, but the game is just impossible to play because the enemies just simply kill you all the time. There's no way around it. They, they yeah. have some kind of um, heat-seeking... And uh, by the way, this wasn't available as, I'm, as far as I'm aware in World War One. I.
0: <laughs> I Heat-seeking heat
1: rocket <laughs> rocket attack that fires and follows you around, so you can't really avoid it unless you dive in the trenches. If, he, if that doesn't kill you, which it will repeatedly, the guy running around shooting at you will. The game's just impossible. It's no fun because it's impossible. You can't do anything, and because it can't do anything, it's kind of meaningless. The graphics are blodgy, badly drawn representations of something or other. It was just too hard, and because it was too hard, it wasn't enjoyable. Even if it was enjoyable because it was there was something about it. The game itself is just crap. And for $9.95, a rip-off and crap. Uh, mm, so I'm yeah. afraid we've just stepped out of the version one of The Matrix and then all of a sudden the new version <laughs> is just as bad. So we've got to reset that Matrix again because Doughboy exists. like, <laughs> no, hang on a minute. How did this happen?
0: In the third version of The Matrix, yeah. we, we, created, we created you running around in trenches. And I think if I was to say one thing about this, one final
1: thing about this, it's that in amongst it, somewhere there is a game idea that could have worked in some capacity and later down the line Who Dares Wins 2, Commando Rambo, that idea of a soul sprite trying to make their way through a military-esque landscape being shot and yeah. bombed that does work. So that game idea that, that idea of a game doing that does work. This one is not any of those things, it's nothing, it's not even the same league as any of those games but the idea is there somewhere it just got lost in this um, in this development somewhere along the line Somebody just decided to put in a impossible to avoid heat-seeking missile attack which just made the game rendered the game completely pointless repeatedly and it doesn't stand up to repeated plays because you know the same thing's going to happen every time so mm,
0: it reminded me do you know what it reminded me of in a sense of the way you move from left to right and there was a heat-seeking thing and in a much more simpler episode do you remember Yars Revenge mm. the Howard Warshall I think I'm whatever his name is something sort of yeah. game from the Atari sort of thing it reminded yeah. me of that for some reason but yeah. Yars Revenge you know for its time was a good fun game eh? so I used to really yeah. like Yars Revenge this is garbage not this though <laughs> not this no this is no not this version no no no. Uh, I love Krusty Uh, this is I've just written more 1984 garbage across the the battlefield from trench to trench generally woeful in all departments yeah this is what you know another one of the worst games we've played this is just terrible yeah because at some point when you're designing these games and you go oh we've got this missile that's gonna home in on you and you play it and you go that's a bit hard isn't it and you go yeah "Yeah." and then someone goes don't put it and you go I can't program it <laughs> i don't know what's gone on yeah and then you release it anyway and someone releases it and then it gets re-released and it gets advertised and pushed out and unsuspect and it's, it, it's an insult it's an insult to people who wouldn't actually you know go and buy this stuff just because it's it's the worst kind of crap it's just awful mm. it's it really did annoy me it's another one of those games that annoyed me sort of thing with its general woeful gameplay mechanics that That don't actually work. If you can't actually get your, you know, if it doesn't work in in a sense of allowing the player to play it and to complete it in a sense of that is enjoyable and not just probably cheesing it and doing, then what's the what's the point? Yeah, this was a, a bad. Bad game. Yeah, and and Zap. You know, t- to be fair, they absolutely crucified it again. Nineteen percent, and rightly so. This is garbage, and and let's not spend more time on it because I don't think it deserves any more. Nope, don't no, no Do, Don't play Doughboy. No boy. No, there no you go. Boy. Yep. No boy. No boy. <laughs> Right, let's move on to uh, The Castles of Dr. Creep, another Brudderbund game. All right, so it's a year old. It's 1984. Okay, so it's another one. So generally, my hackles are up at this point going, oh, God, take another one. And this game looks pretty bad. Visually, it's not a looker. No. <laughs> and And, and, and that's, that's being kind. And yet... This reminded me in some way of the other game I kind of had a bit of an affinity for, which is Big Mac the Maintenance Man. There's something in this. This is a really unusual game. Mm -hmm. Plot-wise, there's something about you have to navigate the 13 castles of Dr. Creep and see which one you want to live in or something. I don't don't know. Some weird stuff. This is essentially a kind of a a multi-screen puzzler where you go through... Different. I, I don't even know how to describe this sort of thing. Let, let's start from the beginning. The first thing is you go through a tutorial phase where it teaches you all the mechanics, which is quite nice to play through. Which is quite unusual. Mm. So it teaches you how to, you know, push the button to open gates, how to go up ladders, how to go down slot, how to go down sliding poles, and when to go on them. It teaches you about shooting guns. It teaches you about the mummies that come out, Frankenstein's monsters that appear. Um, it teaches you about the ray guns that will fire. It teaches you about teleportation devices. There are quite a lot of mechanics in this game, all you know about, and essentially each each screen is like a single screen puzzle that links to another screen view through its through its, these gates which you have to open and work your way to because some gates are inaccessible in fact you can't fall off platforms so you can't drop down you have to work your way around them through these ladders and poles and drop around and move through move through different gates which leads to another screen all this is kind of like there's a kind of pseudo 3d effect to the platforms weirdly they're kind of not quite flat in, in the sense it's not 2d full-on so it's a kind of sort of 2d-ish 3dish look to them a bit of depth to them but you move on a 2d plane your sprite is just some little guy runs about he's not particularly well animated and yet when you move to a different castle and you start to try and make your way through these rooms it starts to draw you in because you're trying to work it out Right, how do i get there and you get you go through the wrong thing you get instantly shot you go back to the beginning you try and work your way through you go up this ladder you go so you go down this pole you run up there you go down there you go through this door you work that out you go through this teleporter and you're making your way around and suddenly this this starts to really kind of open up and as as a puzzle puzzle of on flick screener and the the great thing is you're not collecting stuff which is oh god said there's no there's no loads of enemies that are constantly moving randomly around the screen to just you know to annoy you sort of thing this is simply you against the environment and trying to work out how to navigate it and in that respect it's quite decent i was quite quite surprised because at first my first initial impression of it was oh god this doesn't look great but the more i played it the more i got into it the more i enjoyed it and the more I, i i got going my main beef with it was that death put you right back at the beginning. Mm Of the, of the thingy and getting back to where you had died was quite the navigation feat sometimes trying to remember which ca- which ladders you'd gone down up through which doors you'd been round it was like oh sort of thing and, th- and that's its main point if you die fair enough just start me back at the sta- start of that screen where I came in so I can try and figure out and navigate through again it's a strange game it's a really really weird game there's a lot of depth here there's a lot to it and I think if you really dig into this you're going to you're going to quite enjoy yourself with it but that putting you back to the beginning of the castle thing every time is was a real break for me. I don't know, what, what did you think? Because it's one of them unusual oddities.
1: Yeah, I think I actually, I didn't, the graphics sort of being a bit basic didn't bother me so much because, do you know what, there's some really good games that have quite simple graphics out there. It reminded me a little bit of Citadel on the BBC Micro um, Mm -hmm. in its presentation style. Citadel's a great game, even though it's got that kind of, that kind of sort of chunky, blockier type of approach to the graphics. So the graphics didn't bother me. The scope, the scope of the game was good. I quite liked the kind of, the idea of it and the the scale of it, the scope of it. I imagine loading it off cassette would have been a nightmare so I'm glad it was disc-based because it was, would have was a bit of loading in there. And I think it's a game, that's if I didn't play it long enough to really get into it, but I have a feeling that you could um, because there's a lot to go at. There's a lot of problems and a lot of puzzles to solve in there. And it's a large game with, with lots of stuff. It felt for me that it's a game I needed to spend more time with to really get more out of it um, and because I didn't probably give it as much time as it deserved I'd say it was probably okay. I'm thinking that there was a there's a two player variation in here as well where you, you require if you play two player um, you're actually required to work in collaboration with each other as well and do stuff together. I didn't get obviously play the two player option but I think yeah, yeah, there's sort of an a extra player, dammit for yeah, that. Yeah. So it's got there's a lot to it. I think if you can get past the graphics and uh, the initial kind of look and think oh it looks a bit, bit block and a bit basic if you can get past that and just spend a bit more time getting into it i think there's a lot of game to go out here and i think you get you're getting quite good value for what you're into and so if you'd like that again that mapping that puzzles the exploration of castles and and things like that. And again, that, I actually really like the fact that you had to play through the sort of the, the puzzle, the, not the puzzles, but play through the game um, mechanics in order to show you how to do stuff. So you could, so that by the time you started the game proper, the first proper castle, you had all, you'd encountered all those things, so you knew what to do. I quite like that. You know, modern games do that. And we play the first mm-hmm. level, and you get a sort of guide on how to do things. So nothing wrong with that. So I thought it was good. I just think I probably didn't get as much out of it as I could by process of not giving it a lot more time. I might very well go back and pick that up again and, and give it a bit of a go because I have a real soft spot for Citadel and the BBC and it did give me a kind, of, kind of some reminders of that. So I might go back to The Castles of Dr. Creep. It certainly isn't a game you can write off initially, although I think you, it probably could have easily have been had people not given it more time to explore. So I liked it. It was okay. Just, I think yeah. I should have given it more time, really.
0: Yeah, I think visually sort of thing, it has um, a sort of echoes of Load Runner um, mm. in that simple, really simple representational visuals that not going to knock your socks off. But then again, that's not what it's about. No. It's about just navigation puzzle puzzle based game and, and and like i said it was the thing which i liked most about it and i said this earlier something sort of it's just not being plagued by millions of enemies it, it's a it's a puzzle platformer and it doesn't do the jet set willy you know monty mole brian blood thing where it just throws enemies floating around because that's the thing you do because players have no at this time sort of thing have no sort of ability to keep their attention span under yeah. whatever sort of thing, you know and that 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 is what I liked about it. It's, there's a sort of sparsity um, to it that is mm. quite interesting, and, and similar. It's, like I said, similar to Load Runner. Runner. is just bricks and mm. running around and, and ladders. There's similar similar to that. You know, obviously in Loadrunner you're being chased, and that, that. But this is not about that. This is a navigational puzzle game. And it, it, yeah, it wasn't what I was expecting. That's for sure. Um, no, and, and was a pleasant, was a pleasant, a pleasant surprise. After do anything would be. <laughs> well, that is true actually, but we don't get many of those pleasant surprises. No, um, of, of games we. don't don't really know about and then so we play and go hey this is all right and to be fair you know in in amongst these things and we can talk about review scores and things like that and the way you look at it sort of thing steve davis's Snooker got 79 percent, and this got 65 it's just it's wrong it, <laughs> that is wrong very, very wrong this is a much much better game with much mm. more to it yes yeah, i agree i yeah. i um, i thought it was good um yeah. and i would you know i would recommend this to anyone who's yeah. looking for something a little more a, a little slower but like yeah. I said it, it, there are some moments where you will get killed instantly and having to go back to the beginning that's a grinder in it that it's not it's not great it's tricky. It's a tricky yeah, thing to get over because, because, especially, especially if you're about seven, eight, nine rooms in, yeah, um, and each room having about, and some rooms have like multiple entrances and exits, and you're trying to remember how to get anywhere. Yeah, that's a that's a bit of a downer, but you know th- these things happen in older mm. games. They're not perfect. Uh, this isn't perfect, but certainly a good way to spend a few hours. I think. There we go. That's Castle Doctor Creep, Doughboy, Steve Davis, Snooker, and Wizards Lear, That's our games for part one. We'll be back in a brief moment where we will be looking at film and TV from. November 1985 So stay with us Okay welcome back So November 1985 Films and TV God's sake why are we covering TV I don't know There's not much in the TV world at this point that I could find Bullman hasn't re- returned has uh, he <laughs> Bullman has not returned And the TV identity <laughs> is still the same <laughs> Um However, on the 14th of November, there was a special edition of Tomorrow's World, which examined how effective the proposed strategic defence initiative, Star Wars, might be at destroying any nuclear weapons launched at the United States. The 1980s were obsessed with nuclear weapons. Weren't they just? <laughs> All the time. All the time. Yep. Anything they could do. And this is now you know, Ronald Reagan's idea of putting satellites into space to shoot down nuclear weapons as they flew across the sky to blow stuff up. I mean, this is <laughs> it's kind of crazy. If well, you <laughs> think about it, you're like, what the hell, we, what's going on? What, well,
1: firstly, what it was, was complete bullshit. Mm-hmm. There was no yeah. strategic defence initiative, wasn't there? It was But it was bullshit. It was Ronald Reagan's... And they invested millions into this bullshit. So, you know, it was well-financed well, well, uh, well uh, financed well-funded bullshit. Funded bullshit. Yeah, well-funded yeah. bullshit. Bullshit is what it was. So what's crazy is that there's a Tomorrow's World, which was, for those that aren't aware of what Tomorrow's World TV show was, it was a TV show on the BBC in the UK, which was a half-hour show where they sort of talked about new science things and latest gadgets and technology yeah, technolo- so of yeah. the future. Yeah, so that, it, yeah. it's a bit of a mixture between the gadget show and kind of a science documentary um so they had sort of three presenters that would in- independently investigate different technologies and things so that for example they had a thing about the bbc microcomputer on it and i suspect the commodore 64 may have been on there at some point and mm-hmm. also they spoke Probably. about the latest developments in med tech and med science and All that kind of stuff. So it fits into their remit—an entire show devoted to it—just shows you how seriously the world was taking something that was actually turned out to be complete and not a BS. But do you know what? Do you remember? I remember at the time feeling a slight sense of relief in a weird way because we'd been heavily—we'd been given heavy. I suppose the way to frame it would be we'd been given a heavy message about what would, would happen to us if a nuclear attack occurred. So we'd been shown the outcomes in multiple TV shows by this point. No radiation poisoning. Uh, When the wind blows had been aired, I think, by this point on TV, which is the old couple dying slowly of radiation poisoning after a nuclear attack. So there's all all this, yeah, threads and all that stuff we spoke about before it all happened. So the legacy of that was that every kid about our age was scared shitless of a nuclear attack. (laughs) Um, Then the Americans popped up. With this idea that they would have these satellites in space that would either fire or, diff- or refract laser beams onto the tips of these nuclear missiles as they flew through the this, through the air and knock them out of the sky, and it was kind of a sense of yes relief. And bear in mind that <laughs> if you even it's, this is this idea of bashing the Russians for everything is so replete at this point in film, TV, media, music, you name it, it's everywhere. You know, it's more flag waving for the USA really. And as mm-hmm. we, as we said, as it turned out, it was completely nonsense. But do you know what? It made it. I think even the Russians took it seriously because everything was kind of serious about the, the, what they said to each other. It was just propaganda and nonsense. But um, yes, that was the war of information much. that came on the back of the war of all of the stuff about we've got more nukes than you, you've got more nukes than us, ours have got 50 megaton warheads, ours have got 80 megaton warheads, uh, you know, and it just became this great big dick yeah. swinging competition between the two nation states. In the end, they said, Look, we've got space lasers and we're going to knock your stuff out the sky. And then, did, it, did the Russians come back with anything else? <laughs> we've got. You know, moon. Care. we've got moon lasers that are going to <laughs> knock out your satellites before they even take off and then it'd be, we've got Mars beams that could fire at your moon lasers it just gets you know it's it's just conquers. this is international conquers. just in fact they would have been better making them do it by conquers instead of this just big you know everyone's dicks getting bigger and swinging around and inventing new weaponry they didn't even have so it was weird it was weird to we've I mean I don't remember even. I used to watch Tomorrow's World quite you know I, that was one of the, my go to shows I used to always watch that I don't remember seeing that episode so strange I remember the one where they did um, 3D sound, <laughs> but I don't remember the one where they spoke about the Strategic Defence Initiative. I'm, I'm gonna have to YouTube that. I think
0: it was just like you said, sort of thing. A huge game of Conqueror, and was reflected, ironically, sort of thing in the uh, album we spoke about in, in Rush's song uh, Manhattan Project, which was all about the uh, Manhattan Project, which is about mm-hmm. the nuclear war. There's a great line in that, sort of thing: a, a scientists pacing the floor in each nation, always eager to explore, to build the best big stick to turn the winning trick. Yeah, um, which I think is quite a nice lyric, sort of thing that you know, scientists. To, you know this this race to be the one who could build the biggest thing, and you know an Oppen- Oppenheimer's great quote: "I've become death and all that sort of stuff." Yeah. Well, it was <sighs>
1: it, it was actually this it was the Strategic Defense Initiative, wasn't it? it was the SDI, but it was nicknamed Star Wars because it's you know because it was kind of cool to make it sound like Star Wars, right?
0: Well, th- when that was the thing, this was, this was I mean you got space lasers on the back of Return of the Jedi, you got the Death Star and everything like that. It was all it was, there was this nonsense of going on this kind of science fiction, science fact, science nonsense. It was. It was. All, they all piped it all up in 1984.
1: What's funny is, in 1987, and this is on Wikipedia, the American Physical Society concluded that the technologies being considered were decades away from being ready for use, and at least another decade of research was required to know whether such a system was even possible.
0: <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> So
1: someone who's just read a science fiction book uh, uh, and gone, what about this space, these space laser beams? It's totally, it's, it's, it's you know, you wonder where uh, the Bond it's villains a death star. get. Yeah, the Bond, it's the Bond villains. It's totally is
0: that. Yeah, the Bond yeah, villains. It's, it's, you know it's it's, t- it's Moonraker, isn't it? <laughs> it's is totally. Yeah, yeah.
1: You know, it is. Anyway. It's, you know, we we can look back at it and laugh now, but we were scared stupid at the time. But
0: oh, absolutely. But, but you know, we've just had this constant pictures of ICBMs, and it was, it, it, yeah. We don't. It, it's hard to explain, sort of thing. What a strange time the mid 80s were just a bit in, re- in, in regards to you know not probably not since the Cuban Missile Crisis um, you know in the early 60s had there been a point in history where the threat and the fear I don't know if there was a the threat because I don't know however close we ever became I don't okay, that's something I'm not aware of but the fear of nuclear war mm. the fear of nuclear annihilation was so you know entrenched in us it was like the the sirens may go off and this and that and be prepared to get under your desk <laughs> like, well, that's not going to do anything don't Cook and cover. (laughs) I'm just going to merge with the desk. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: That, that wooden or plastic <laughs> table that you were under at school was going to offer you little shielding for the intense radiation and heat blast from a tactical nuclear strike, Which unless they're made of this. some kind of material that's yet to be identified, because they were tough, them desks. They did stand at the that's test of time.
0: Actually. That's true, actually. They could they could take a school custard, and that was hotter than the sun. <laughs> <laughs> true, yeah. Those things were burn-proof, fire-proof, and it turns out they were
1: nuclear radiation and nuclear attack-proof. So. Absolutely,
0: he didn't need SDI, you just needed a school, school desk. <laughs> uh, right, that's the TV, there's nothing else to say about TV, to TV. Films, what films have we got through November? Some of these I've never heard of. Uh, 8th of November was released. There was a film called Subway. Is that the um French Subway movie? I thought that came later. I don't know. I didn't look it up. I can't be bothered. Um, um, <laughs> what's the name of the guy that made that movie? What's his name? Subway. Subway. On the that, fa- um, famous French... Luc Besson, isn't it? Luc Besson. This is not that's, This is not that, I don't think. I, it's probably too early. not. Surely. I don't uh, know. Heart of the High Country who knows 15th November that was 12th November 15th November with Prince's Honour this was quite a fairly sizable release with two big stars in was it um, Jack Nicholson and Kathleen Turner wasn't it Kathleen
1: Turner Prince's Honour do you know i think i've ever seen it
0: have you not the two i think they're opposing it's be, i think Pritz's honor if i remember rightly it's not one i'm familiar with Pritz's honor is it jack nicholson to john houston film. kathleen Turner. jack nicholson i believe that they are they're they're, they're hit men, or they're hit people whatever you want to call it, and they get a contract out on each other i think
1: right okay. so it's
0: like mr and mrs smith
1: yeah okay that's um, our that remake I, of it I in some think, way
0: but i could be wrong I just remember that they're hitman and it was a it was a you know, it was one of those star vehicles at the time yeah. for Nicholson and Turner. Yeah. You know, bit of a sort of bit of a comedy, bit of a comedy um, <laughs> bit of a <laughs> bit of one of those it was similar I presume to something like Midnight Run right okay yeah that kind of that you know era. that kind of yeah, yes Yeah. that sort of thing I think quirky um, dialogue yeah same I've never seen it I don't think Prince on the Lesson no so anyway released the same day though was the more interesting Young Lady Chatterley 2 <laughs> <laughs> yeah I
1: wonder what that's about
0: <laughs> it's about Young Lady Chatterley 2 yes too. I bet it is <laughs> <laughs> and
1: it gets a little blue
0: <laughs> it gets a little chattel <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yes, I suspect there's um, some, some shenanigans going on in that involving nakedness and nudity, <laughs> which is the same I'm, thing. Yes,
0: I'm guessing so. Yeah. You know, I'm, I've never watched it, I have to say.
1: It's top-shelf stuff, uh, that so you you know that might have been something your brother brought back thinking it was actually something else. Unlikely. Uh,
0: yeah. my, well, my dad did <laughs>
1: that with Flesh Gordon <laughs> but, when we, for but, but, my party and my birthday when I was young, so that was a hilarious moment. But nobody but forgot just consi- that.
0: But consider those sort of things. It's got a cinema release. This is yeah. a cinema release.
1: Somebody had to release oh. it. It doesn't mean it was in a lot of cinema it could have been one cinema imagine,
0: imagine like um, you're going you're on, a, you're on a date on the 15th of November what's out today we've got Pritz's Honour or Young Lady Chatterley 2 yeah, um,
1: avoid the cinema
0: which one are you going to go see
1: they probably went back home for a game of Mule
0: the next day there was a film called Agatha Agatha, oh, Agatha. Agatha. I've, I've, lo- I've tried to look this up but I couldn't find anything on it so I have no idea what it is Agatha but- <laughs> 22nd, <laughs> yeah, 22nd of November. There was plenty.
1: No, oh dear. There was
0: plenty. What was plenty?
1: It's a Meryl Streep movie, isn't it? Plenty. I seem to is remember it, the, it, the cover of, with her looking rosy-cheeked and lipstick. I seem to remember.
0: <laughs> is it?
1: Yeah, I have a feeling it's that. I, I, I'm oh, just, it's rem- the, it's I'm just the
0: one, yes. Yeah, just yeah the video, the poster I just remember when I used
1: to work in the Blockbuster Video, there was a whole range of films that never ever got rented and we just had to move them around from shelf to shelf periodically and that was one of them.
0: No, she was in... Uh, yeah, Meryl Streep was uh, focusing on Susan Traherne, an English woman who was irrepar- irreparably changed by her experience as a fighter for the French Resistance during World War II when she has a one-night stand with a British intelligence agent. Mm, okay. um, I'm sure it's a very worthy film, a very good film. It's got Meryl Streep in that period, I'm sure it is, but but... but not for me because I'm more interested in our next film because on the 29th of November The Goonies came out ah good old Goonies Goonies is a great film and I think it still stands up to this day mm. It's, a, I think it does there's a lot going on in that I mean it introduced us to what's his name Kihai Kwan, was it what's his name he, became, he went on to do Indiana Jones yes he did <laughs> or it's was Scott, he in Indiana Scott Jones Scott first Corey shot was, short, was, was he short round in Indiana Jones first Corey Feldman yeah he was short round in um, Indiana Jones first Sh- I think. Sean, Sean Astin I think is the young kid isn't he sort of thing he went on to play uh, Sam Yeah, no, <laughs> the, the older kid in it is Josh Brolin for goodness sake so <laughs> yeah, you goonie. Elizabeth Shue is in there. <laughs> it's a, yeah. It's the Goonies is a fun film. You know, it's a fun, act, it stra- strangely it? weird romp um, through sort of pirate. Treasure and caves and kids. It's Spielberg like, movie, right? Kids, kids, fantasy. Joe Dante in it.
1: Joe Dante. I don't know. If it's got that kind of look at that time. Uh, yeah, it could be right. It. I think it is. A, I think it is a Joe Dante movie. But I I'll tell you what,
0: what, I think it's a Spielberg produced. Yeah, my only Should complaint with the
1: Goonies is know, that Richard, um, actually,
0: sorry, sorry, I,
1: it's Richard Donner. Oh, okay, so, but it's still got that kind of Spielbergy sheen to it.
0: Chris. Chris Columbus written
1: yeah it's what I mean it's, it's what's Spielberg not to Spielberg like produced. about it my only complaint with the Goonies is that it's kind of a hard film nowadays to when you're watching it there's so much chatter going on between the characters because a lot there is a lot of ad-lib dialogue in there where they've kind of been given a little bit of a freedom to just be kids yeah. you guys be kids and chat about you know so there's a little bit of that and at times it becomes so much chatter going on between them all that it's hard to follow but the influence of that film on Stranger Things is undeniable so yes yeah I think I think you're probably right there, but I, I really like the Goonies. It's a, it's really good fun, and the game wasn't bad. So
0: <laughs> the game's quite interesting. I think have we come across the game? Has it already? No, we haven't come uh, back yet. Have I've, we? I've,
1: it's one of the only games I played on the Atari 800XL before I played on the Commodore 64. Time. And it was good on the Atari 800XL. Yeah, it was good on the 64 as well, I
0: think. Took, Took forever to load. Like, but... Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, the, I think the Goonies is, is rightly loaded. It's one of those mid-80s cinema classics. I think it's up there with, you know, your Gremlins, your Ghostbusters. It's all your Gs, isn't it? Your Ghostbusters. Yep. It's your triple G. The triple Goonies, G. Gremlins and Ghostbusters. There it is. 1985. It's, it's a It's a good film. Yep. Um, released the same day was Santa Claus the Movie.
1: If you like Santa Claus movies, you're going to like it right Christmas movies what's not to like this,
0: this was the one with uh, Dudley Moore yeah it's,
1: it's not terrible no as Christmas movies go it's not a bad Christmas movie I quite like it for that all Christmas movies have been superseded by the Kurt Russell version of Father Christmas for me now anyway but that said <laughs> uh, it is what it is if you're a 8 year old kid who believes in Father Christmas there's a lot to like in Santa Claus the movie you know I, big I, giant I, toy I, shops I, and elves and all sorts of magical stuff
0: yeah I, I think uh, seeing is believing is the tagline for this yeah exactly <laughs> uh, Derek character by Jeanette Schwartz Didn't he do uh, Jaws 2?
1: Yeah, but it's got you know um, some famous you know, it's got good moments of albeit nowadays rubbish effects, but they're uh, flying through the air and the and the um sleigh and all that, all the stuff you dicks you'd want to do as a kid is in there, so it's a good movie for kids.
0: It is. Okay. Not not the next one though. Uh, no. I don't know if you've heard of the next one. The next one is called Underworld. Strange enough, this was also it's also good by the name of Transmutations.
1: Not heard of that, no. Should I have?
0: Um, well, it's written by Clive Barker. That's not always a good thing. <laughs> no, but it uh, stars Denham Elliott, Stephen Burkoff, Ingrid Pitt,
1: okay.
0: and Art Malik. And and uh, right. It's quite, it's quite, it's quite the poster. I'll tell you that. Underworld says anything can be created. I, I've never seen this. I've never actually heard of it. This. Um, this might be something I need to go and track down.
1: I suspect it's probably really rubbish.
0: <laughs> well, it's directed by George Pavlo. Oh God. Uh, <laughs> I don't know who he is. He did Rawhead Rex. <laughs> yeah, it's another, Devils, the, yeah. The so that's
1: another Quite um, Barker, isn't it? Rawhead Rex, so.
0: <laughs> you know, when you go down a Wikipedia uh, rabbit hole, George Pavlo uh, co-produced a, a title called Chickens Never Walk Backward, which was released <laughs> theatrically as a support to Conan the Barbarian. Random. Random. <laughs> Just Fair. what the hell? Um, yeah, this transmutations. So you've got Goonies kids film, Santa Claus kids film, transmutations, Clive Barker film on the same day. <laughs> that's quite a triple bill. <laughs> um, that's a weird poster. Um, I can. not I Yeah, film's music, music produced by synth pop group Frur Oh, of them?
1: Yeah, Frower. Yeah.
0: Frower. They, they evolved into the band Underworld.
1: Yeah, um, they there did. There you go. Yeah, you've heard of Underworld, right? Born Slippy oh, Underworld. World? Yeah, that's them.
0: Really? Yeah. Well, colour me shocked. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was going to say, I thought you'd heard, I
0: said, you've heard of Underworld,
1: you're like, uh, I've Underworld? I've heard of Underworld, like, yeah, sort of exactly. thing. I've heard
0: of Underworld, but you know when your brain's not, because trans- <laughs> I'm thinking 1985, you know, Born Slippy is mid-90s Underworld, and I didn't make a jump to them being the same thing, did mm-hmm.
1: they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, yeah. that's
0: crazy, I never knew that. Well, there you go, because I've never heard of Freya, I've never heard of this film, this looks interesting, and I'm going to go track this down to have a look at it, because I think it sounds quite uh, um, going to be terrible because like you said clive barker was a an interesting writer yeah (laughs) <laughs> um, I think his books were much better than his film. Did you yes. read many of his
1: books? Um, I read Weave World and another one, which is less memorable. Did you read
0: any, you read any of the books of Blood?
1: Uh, no, I was. I got quite into the comic books. Of, there was the nation game. Of, there was Nightbreed. No, Night Breed no. Read? I think Underworld's the only one I read. Um, I It was. What's the compilation Weave one World. where there was this, Weave World? Sorry, I read. And what, was, what was the compilation one with other? Where they got different stu- Hellbound Hearts in it and stuff like that? What was that one? And
0: books of Blood. Yes. Yeah, so I, I don't think I read I think the was, whole book. On average. No, I think, there was, I think there was six of them. There were yeah. six or seven books of blood. They were good. Yeah, yeah. It was so. an interesting writer, Clive Barker, sort of thing, with a really sort of um, uh, yeah, an unusual viewpoint, sort of thing. But Like we, we spoke earlier on, it's weirdly sort of thing, with. Uh, we spoke about James Herbert and Sean Hudson, Ramsey Campbell, and all that. And Clive Barker was a kind of um, a sort of offshoot, sort of an alternative to to those kind of things. Much more, um, uh, I don't know, much more in sort of sort of sadomasochistic stuff and things like that. And there's a lot of mm. kind of weird stuff going on. This film yeah. looks interesting. But anyway, so November, so you could you could go watch Subway or You could watch a uh, Star Vehicle, Pretty's Honor, or you know titillate yourself with Young Lady Chatterley Two. You could uh, have a worthy film with plenty kids films coming up to Christmas with The Goonies and Santa Claus, or watch Clive Barker's Underworld. Films were odd in november just 1985 and throughout in, in the middle of all that you could laugh at the nonsense of the strategic defense initiative yeah, don't waste your time with that <laughs> no so there you go there's your uh, there's your films and tv for uh, november 1985 uh we'll be back in a moment with the last set of games uh from this issue uh I'm rounding up with crap games we haven't covered as well just sort of mention them and why we haven't covered them and tell you what we're coming up next week so stay with us <laughs> All right, welcome back to our last series of games um, for November 1985. So we've got four left, and the first of those four is Activision. I think it's Activision. Activision's Hacker. Now, this is an interesting game, an ingenious game i ever in here. It starts off with... so You play a hacker in some kind of description, and it's not quite clear what it is. This game... Does a lot to hide it, hide itself behind a sort of subterfuge and, uh, and, and it doesn't, I, I don't know, there's a, there's a lot going on in this game sort of thing, but it, you have to actually piece it together and find out what's going on. The game starts with a logon screen, a really simple sort of thing. It just says uh, enter logon and password. You have to log in and enter the password and and you fail it. And then this kind of the the system kind of corrupts, and, and you get in anyway. And then you have this you have to identify these various parts on this graphic representation of a some kind of robot with wheels thing. Um, and once you get all those right in in order, you move into the game itself. And so this game itself is a there's a you get told you're there's some kind of you're hacking into or you're part of the Magma Corporation, and you get all these memos about something's gone wrong with the the Magma Corp, and some of the stuff that's gone on and you've got to make your, you make your way around the world on these underground tunnels and when you get to places you can go up to the surface and then you meet these spies and it tells you you've got to work out you've got to offer these spies stuff and find yeah find some spies will have certain things you can offer them money for and when you get objects you can take the objects and then some other spies will look for them and you can in different places they'll speak to in different languages at one point i went to egypt and the egyptian spy just kept asking me loads of questions in egyptian and i had no idea what he wanted because i don't understand egyptian but there was no translation and just had to try and figure it out myself um which i couldn't so i just went back underground and then went to london tried to offer the the london guy some money and he was like i don't want that the graphics are weird they're sort of very quite representational They're, they're odd it's it's an it's an odd game Uh, and again unlike anything else kind of similar in tone and style to something like fourth protocol and the rat it's a different type of game this it's cerebral um is the word i'd use and it's it's all hidden. It's all, you. it's a, a real find the stuff you know, you gotta find out what's going on here and what's happening and, and why it's happening and who's doing what and what the whole point of this is. Yeah, I, I don't know, I I couldn't get far into it because I just, I, just I, I don't know, I find it a, a touch impenetrable, but I can imagine that once this, like like the force protocol, once this starts to unravel and you start to get from moment to moment and start to, you we know, are one thing least enough, that sort of drip feed of information starts to open up around you. I imagine this could be really quite um, quite intriguing and cutting quite moorish and quite would really drag you in um, at this stage I would need more time with it to really dig into it um, and I think I might do this is a game I feel like I'm actually going to go back to uh, because I feel that there's quite something quite interesting here I, I, but at this stage I, I would recommend it because I think it's really different and I think it's really unusual um, I don't know what. Did, what did you think? It's, it's a hard one to describe. It is. Um,
1: I think it's really intriguing. This game. It came with no instructions back in the day, so yeah. it didn't didn't have any instructions. So you had to figure it out. So it, literally, the game started, and you know, you and and because they did that on purpose, because they wanted you to get the feeling that you were hacking into things. Yes, and exactly. That, so yeah. the idea, you've got to hack your way through it. So I really liked it. Um, I sort of got past the robot part and got made my way through to the, um, the sort of the remote unit thing that you're controlling. By that point, you know. You're then given the information about the spies that have stolen the document, and you've got to try and find the pieces of it, and, and sort of, that they're scattered around the world, and, you know, so you've got to sort of negotiate your money and find your way around and do all of those things, and I, like you, I felt that um, I needed to spend a bit more time with it to really get into it, because it, it it kind of hooked me in, and I didn't expect it to at all, so I was hmm. expecting it to be this endless, texty, boringy boring thing, and I was thinking, oh, you know what, I, I, for the same reasons I didn't quite get into the fourth protocol, this is going to block me at the gates, but In a way, it just kind of... The presentation was kind of nice. It was nippy. It it just had some nice little touches here and there that kept me kind of engaged and intrigued. Intrigued enough to want to know more. And as I sort of dived in and did a bit, tried to do a little bit more and try and piece some things together, um, I could start to feel the hooks starting to you know, mm-hmm. dig their way in. And funnily enough, this game completely bypassed me back in 1985. I just didn't bother with it. I wasn't into oddly, as it turns out, as in my later career would <laughs> uh, would become. Um, you know, the idea of being on computers and diving in and, and hacking into stuff didn't really interest me back then. I don't really know why, but um, it just bypassed me. I think. some And what I found while we'd been doing this with these podcasts and playing replaying these games is that some of these great games did bi- bypass me partly because i just don't think anywhere where i was where i lived had them to to buy or to rent and nobody i knew had them so because i don't remember you having hacker and normally i would have borrowed it off you or maybe off off gary or somebody that might have had it but i don't remember any of us having it or if we did it wasn't a game that we'd would have necessarily spent much time on together you know yeah, yeah. sometimes we like mm-hmm. with summer games and with the other two player games we kind of play them as a bit of a team yeah. whereas this one of course was very much about you know sitting down and playing it yourself so i'm like you i'm probably going to go back to it because there was enough in there to just make me think actually i'd like to dig into that and see wh- where it goes so I, I really liked it and it was a bit fiddly that's my only complaint really but a bit of perseverance would probably pay off with that so i yeah. think so
0: yeah there's you know the, the interface is quite nice there's some you know and it, it, you have to just I like the fact that there's no switch you just have to figure mm. out but even having to figure it out it's quite intuitive Yeah 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 um you know you know d- you've got that list of commands in the main screen once you get to the main screen you've got that list of commands and it's just basically the keyboard, you know, the first letter of the word makes you do them, so you go up you go down, whatever. Um, I like I, I, it made me laugh the first time, sort of thing, but I really like the almost this sort of, almost like a sort of 1940s style representation of the spies when they come and talk to you. It's like this black silhouette with like a trench coat and just a pair of eyes and it's all black and just a hat and they come sort of sidling up to you outside the houses of parliament or something and talk. I thought that was quite mm-hmm. Quite, I thought it was quite funny but also just fitted the game you know this kind of clandestine you know world of of spies and hacking and, and making your way around stuff and trying to figure out what this was all about and what was going on there's there's a there's a lot to this game and there's a there's a there's a again again it's one of those games that's been well thought through yeah yeah um like like we said about paradroid yeah there's a there's a there's a there's a there's a central conceit here. It's like, we're going to tell this mystery. You're going to have to uncover it. It's, you know, it's a kind of an adventure game in a sense, mm. but you're going to have to uncover this story piece by piece by doing certain things. And you know, these are games like that still made to this day where you're trying to figure out what the hell is going on. Yeah. Um, and, and this is a really good early example of those, especially in a, in a graphic graphical adventure style where you know everything is you know not just typing in text and stuff like that this is you know utilizing again building on things that things like you know Shadowfire and as someone actually mentioned before uh, on our twitter feed about max headroom was an early example of an icon driven game I, I don't really remember max headroom myself no, the, these sort of series of you know icon driven joystick with a bit of keyboard interface but but not just arcade adventures but again showing what a C64 could do in comparison to an arcade or you know a console that there was more to it than that. There was more interface. You had more options. Um, obviously, there were PCs around to probably doing these sort of things as well. But with the Commodore 64 being somewhere in the in the middle of this sort of part console, part computer thing, you know what it, what it is really. I don't know. It it showed that these kind of games could really work on it. And when they were done this well and this interestingly, there's a real there's a real sense that you've got a there's, there's a world here that's just waiting for you to dig into. And yeah, like you said, you know. The world of if you think about um 1985 on the back of films like um let's say war games mm-hmm. um and, and, that, and that kind of clandestine, you know kids hacking into sh- you know stuff yeah yeah um which is what that was sort of thing this felt like a you know it had probably been born from those kind of like that's that's a decent idea let's make that yeah. into a game but Build around it and build an interesting story, conspiracy, world-ending stuff, or whatever. I don't, I don't yeah. know cause I don't know what the story is yet. So I, I think it's good. I really enjoyed mm. it. Yeah, yeah,
1: good. Um, the mysterious Magma Corporation will be knocking on your door in about five minutes. Um, so <laughs> I would uh, just be uh, make sure you uh, give them a fake name. <laughs> you know, we know well, too much.
0: I'm going to call myself <laughs> Peter Devereaux. <laughs>
1: Peter Devereaux yes I'll be a Hensley Darvish shall be my name
0: Hensley <laughs> Darvish Hensley <laughs> Jarvis Ainsley, Ainsley Jarvis hello oh, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not going to tell people what that quote is but hopefully some people will get that yeah they will <laughs> I'm sure they will um, so yeah Hacker we like Hacker it's mm, good uh, yeah interesting interesting, interesting yeah. game go and dive into it see how far you get Next up on our list is William Wobbler. William Wobbler. Ah, that's a euphemism of a name, isn't it? <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Do you want to? This yeah, was ten ninety-five. So, oh, William a
1: Wobbler, a triumphant return of Mr. Tony Crowther, ladies and gentlemen, Tony Crowther. <laughs> I like Tony Crowder games. This isn't his finest moment. Uh, So let's look at the positives. So the idea of William Wobbler is that you have to um, collect 10 things scattered around the... The system of caverns and caves once you do that um solve the number of puzzles along the way eventually um you I think i think if i remember there was a prize attached to it i think but eventually you could solve the game and i think there was some way of winning like a special prize if you sent the secret key code whatever it was that it gave you off to the game company so william wobbler is the character you play it's a a really a game with really big graphics in it so william wobbler is, is <laughs> uh, a really big big sort of multi sprite character wobbles about with a wobbly head big animated lumpy thing and you sort of clump your way around the landscape so big bright bold colors um multi-colored graphics really lively boppy sounds as well it's quite jolly so it all feels but my problem is it feels feels a little bit kiddie, a little bit soft kiddy game and you know it's sort of fun but it's a bit bit blocky and a bit slow and a bit over friendly and a bit i don't know just a bit twee as a game it's okay. It's well made. Is the best thing you can say. It's got a slickness and, and it's well made, and when it all pieces together, it's just a little bit. Um, it's just a little bit dull, if we want it a better term. It's a little bit boring, and quite repetitive. The caves and the, some of the backgrounds kind of look kind of the samey. So it's a nice feel and vibe there's some nice touches to the graphics the sprites are really big and bold and and the if there's the idea of wandering around picking picking finding the things you need to find and potentially winning a prize of some description i forget what it was if that appeals to you then william wobbler might very well be the game there's just games that are faster quicker more fun perhaps a bit more approachable and not quite as duplo toy graphics as opposed to something with a bit more a bit more nippy spritiness you know it could have just done with a bit more i don't know it just felt a little bit child safe i don't know how to describe it it's just it's it's not terrible it's just i don't like that kind of game myself but there may be something out there and it is expensive for what it is really 10 11 pounds unless that's the disc price or whatever just feels pricey but hey ho it is what it is right you've got to pay for that price somehow yeah well this is exactly how it must be i don't think it was it was meant to be a big return to form for tony crowther because of uh some issues they had with the previous game that he made and some errors that occurred in its, in, in its duplication according to Zap anyway so this was meant to be his triumphant return he did better games later down the line than this one so I wouldn't say it was a triumphant return but it has the Tony Crowther stamp and the guy who could you know the guy who could code if he wanted to program things he could make a game and make it quite good fun so this is a stepping stone not the greatest of games I didn't play it for long and these games don't have a lot of appeal for me compare it to something like Hacker where I'm sat there for ages trying to figure stuff out this game I was on played it for a bit kind of got the gist and thought there's not going to be much more to it than this and the puzzles are really hard and I'm not going to get I'm not going to get to them so 65% from Zap is about what I would have given it maybe less maybe about the mid-range 50s to 60s so what about you?
0: I, I, I agree with you in there's, in some respects sort of thing. yes big bright visuals although there's a, a lot of brown uh, when you when you go, it's brown and green, Commodore Brown and Green, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the the main sprite, w- William, is you know you know he's he's what he is with his retracting neck and all that kind of stuff, and there's yeah. lots of stuff going on. But I hated this. <laughs> I couldn't stand it. I couldn't stand it. I couldn't stand it back then. I remember playing this back then. I hated it then, and it's nothing's changed. I really, really don't like this game. The biggest thing I have about this game is that you die once and it's game over. Yeah, that's um, true. Uh, uh, instant. I put instant death equals instant game over equals instant turn off. Mm. Um, I'm like, you know, you make your way through stuff. You don't have lives. You don't have anything. You can just die from one hit from one thing. You just misjudged a duck under a bloody mosquito, whatever those flying things are. And you're instantly dead. It's game over. And there's your flashy screen and you're back to the beginning. No, I, I, this was, I, 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 didn't, I didn't understand what this game was trying to do or be. Like you said, sort of thing. It has this kind of almost kiddiesque esque vibe sort of thing. This You know, whether it's aiming to be sort of Mario-esque or whatever around mm. this time. Um, and, and in that kind of vein, of like scrolling, you know, platformy type stuff, and with big jaunty graphics. But then it has this rock hard difficulty level, which mm-hmm. is like you know, it punishing you to just send you back to the beginning. And I didn't know about this competition thing, so maybe it was because of that that they made it like incredibly difficult to well, actually solve it. If that is a, if that's a thing. It's. I think it's
1: actually more likely. Uh, the, crowd, the the Crowther curse because all of his games were really hard you think of the ones that came later he wrote the most difficult shoot up of all time on the Commodore 64 later down the line so I think it's just it's a bit of a curse I don't think it's yeah. to do with the prize I think it's to do with the fact that he just liked making games really hard
0: uh, quite, quite possibly I mean I don't know I don't understand something sort of but I don't understand from a game design point of view when you're making these kind of games why the hell you would even think like oh when you hit anything brush anything that's it instant game over and back to the beginning why you would think that anybody would think that that would be an enjoyable experience even back then we're talking like the back end of 1985 if Mm -hmm. you think about something like paradroid where yes if you're the lowest level droid you die it's end of game sort of thing but you know you might get shot you lose some life you can go recharge you if you're a higher level droid you know you get knocked down but you've got a chance to escape and regroup and pull back you know you you can you can pull it back this is the complete antithesis of that And, and and i just i don't like I get that these visuals are quite nice and they're quite impressive for what they are, but I hate the design of the main character. I hate the design of the levels. I didn't like the music. This is a huge no from me. It's just, mm. a, I couldn't, I, I've never I've never liked William Wobbler. I hate the title as well. <laughs> There's nothing about this thing that I actually like. <sighs> Um, to, a, to
1: a great degree. Kiddie game, really, which is rock hard. By the way, the game I was trying to remember the name off of from Tony Crowther and prepare yourself because it will make you shudder when you think how hard this game was, was Phobia. Uh,
0: I vaguely remember that. Is it as hard as IO?
1: Yeah, side-scrolling shooter of the, of the ilk of IO, yeah.
0: Because uh, IO was stupidly <laughs> hard. <laughs> yeah, same sort of thing. But yeah,
1: you're right. Big wobbly, graphic-y, blocky nonsense, four-colour nonsense. I
0: think it's another one of those things sort of thing which is kind of, you know, looks good in stills because yeah. you're thinking, oh, that's quite impressive sort of thing but to play is like god awful yeah. yeah, no, not for me. I'm, I'm not. Nothing's changed in that. I just really, really didn't like it. I'm, I'm sorry if people do sort of thing, but people when people finally listen to episode zero, sort of thing. We've, we said, we said a bit in there about Minter because we've not really had any Jeff Minter stuff to sort of look at recently, sort of thing. But there's, a, there's some programmers. Sure, they're nice guys and lovely things, sort of thing. But I just don't get on with the games. Mm. Um, and I'm struggling to think of Crowder of games that I actually get on with. The games at this point, sort of thing, were, were they're just, I just think they're just not for me. And, and that's not of, a criticism of him, a criticism of the games. Me and those games are not compatible. No, and, he gets, and, he gets, uh, the games he makes get
1: get better as he goes along as well. He did, he did Blagger and Killer Ring and um, all <laughs> trap, that kind of stuff. I think. Uh,
0: did you do Trap? T-
1: possibly trap yes Yep. suicide express
0: they do clacks
1: uh possibly i'm looking on the list but i don't see that on there kilowatt Uh, Griffin blagger potty pigeon monted monty mole son of blagger kettle those kind of things
0: anyway william wobbler no not for me
1: okay that's fair
0: (laughs) 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 yes it is let's move on I would rather play William Wobbler than this next game. (laughs) Goodness me. Our next game is... It was £2.99. And you may think, yeah, what can be so bad for £2.99? This got 9% in the magazine. Um, and yeah, that is that is nine. Didn't even get into double figures. This is Cops and Robbers. This would have looked out of place on a Vic 20. Yeah, it was um, shocking. This looked this look like a Vic 20 game. For those who've listened to us, and we've had sort of instances of some issue sort of thing, where I have inadvertently put the wrong... <laughs> the wrong ROM in the in, in, the, um, in the save file for for, for Graham to play, because I, I take responsibility for that. And sometimes I have put the wrong, you know, there are multiple games with the same title and I don't check. I still don't forgive you for
1: making me play Ransom.
0: <laughs> ransom, Chicken Chase. And Chicken um, Chase. Thinking some things like that. And to, you know, Graham plays and we think, this looks awful. It's like, yeah, it's the wrong game. I do <laughs> apologise for that. And at first, when I booted up, so I've taken to actually checking. When I booted up Cops and Robbers, I thought, oh, is this the wrong ROM? Is this the wrong is this the wrong thing? Is By this time traveled. Is this some 1982 <laughs> thing? Um or some Vic twenty thing? No 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 no. This was the right thing. It's so hard to describe a, a game of this ilk sort of thing because it's it's a it's a multi screen, it's not a it's flick screen, it's on, but you are a, you are a robber. And you have to proceed through like a little maze-type screen. It's a, it takes up the full screen. There is a policeman moving around this maze. Will come after you. You can shoot them and get points instantly. This is a—it's <laughs> not spreading the greatest mission. There is a helicopter that flies around as well. That will, if it hits you, will kill you. So it's flying very low. If you make it, so there are some entrances into a, I think, a museum where there are diamonds. You make it into the museum. The the, the graphics are a really bad mix of the sprites are you're viewing from the top but the sprites are side on so it's not sort of three quarters like a zelda game or you know an LD zelda game they're flat so it's like a 2d side on platformer thing but you're viewing it from the top which is bad you know that kind of viewpoint thing um so you go into the museum more mazes more police collect diamonds move uplifts collect stuff die rubbish this is awful on on, on every level I, I don't know what else to say what what do you, have you got, it's terrible. I mean, really, really bad. I don't know. What, what have you got to say about it? Do well, you know I mean?
1: my notes were very short and sweet for this, I can tell you. Yeah, I put, word. I'm going to read them as I've written them. Absolute utter shit. Crap graphics from 1981. Shit sound, awful, bloody, <laughs> bloody, <laughs> awful crap. Make it stop. My eyes, oh my God, my eyes. <laughs> and that was my statement and I stand by it. I have nothing to say that's anything other than I completely agree with Zap's um, estimation, which is that it's the worst programme we've seen on the 64. That was their summary for the overall. Yeah, And I agree with them. It's just crap. And to think that this is released at this time, there's no excuse for that. We've seen this kind of thing before. I suspect this was written ages ago and somebody found it somewhere. It's just rubbish. And I didn't waste a lot of time with it. As soon as it loaded, I was like, good lord. This is, you know, has
0: he sent me the wrong
1: ROM? Well, I, I, yeah, as it, I did for a minute. I thought, is this the wrong game? And know, have I loaded the right thing? Uh, have I time traveled or something? Because, or have I woken up in an alternate reality? And this is, this, you know, and this, these are good games. No, it's just it was just rubbish, and I'm, I gave it no more time than it deserved, which was no. all of less than. For, no, I gave it a second for every percent of its overall score. I think. <laughs> So And that's more than it deserved for this sort of pile of garbage.
0: <coughs> yeah, really, really bad. Um, the only robbing really going bad.
1: on is that people paid over th- nearly £3 for that. That's the robbers. They should have called the cops when they yeah. f- loaded that up.
0: We weren't particularly positive about it. We, we thought it was all right, sort of thing. But you could go get finders keepers for quid cheaper. Absolutely. It's much better. There's and Kickstarter, You, know, you save get Kickstart. You can get Kickstart. Kickstart. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Just Or Craig. don't buy a game at all. Save that money. Go and buy yourself a can of Coke, some chocolate, some clatty some sweets.
0: You could get a lot of stuff for three quid back in 1985. Exactly. But again, Can't this a can of Coke is, were like 20p, 10, 15p. This has all the
1: hallmarks of, your, your, oh, look what your auntie's bought you for Christmas. Oh, it's, it's Cops and Robbers. I know you like Cops and Robber games because I've seen you watching um Hunter on TV and I've seen you watching them cop shows and this is Cops and Robbers and then you load it and you have to do that fake is, What do you think to it? Is it good fun? Uh yeah, it's yeah. great. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm just going to put it in the drawer and under lock and key. <laughs> Sunday best. Yeah, I'm saving that for best. I don't, over, I, I don't want to overload it because that could overload it's, and it could explode. This
0: <laughs> is Hunter an Patrol for Sunday yeah, best.
1: Exactly. Yeah, I'm saving um, it. I'd be ashamed if I got this game in a cracker at Christmas. Yeah. If I popped popped the cracker, that tape fell out I'd throw it in the bin and make sure it was burned to death. Fire. Yeah. Burn it with fire. My final comment on this was Cops and Nobbers. Yeah, absolutely. Who made this game? Who, who released it? who made that? You can't tell me that somebody out there made I don't that. know. I don't they, know. They, they let's put, move on. They it's made rubbish. that game. Somebody did that.
0: We spent more time on talking about it than we did playing it, so let's let's move on. Yes, Crap. we should've should have, have, should have reviewed it knobbers. in nine seconds. Yeah, we should have, yes. <laughs> <laughs> we could have done garbage. Let's move on to our final game that we'll look at in depth for this uh, this month. And finally, yes, we're going to end on a well. I think we're ending on a bit of a high, maybe. Karatika. Yes, Graham. Tell us about Karatika. Karatika
1: is a I want to say a kind of a cinematic, story-driven game, and I, and that it, and it is that. Um, you play uh, Karatika, a, a karate person, for want of a better fighter. You've got to rescue the princess Mariko uh, mm-hmm. from the evil warlord Akuma, who has and he's imprisoned her in his dungeon. So you climb up the cliffs and the mission is to get through into the fight off fight your way through to the uh, dungeon and rescue the princess so very simple game logic age old game logic mm-hmm. you have karate as your main weapon your fists and your feet are your weapons so you run along and the evil warlord has sent his various minions of varying skill levels to beat you you have a certain amount of hit points where you can be hit and every time you get hit your points get reduced if you get hit too often then you get beaten out of the game and that's the end of the game and you have to start again likewise your enemies have equal amounts of varying amounts of points as you progress to get more and more you hit them and it takes them off you've got to try and beat them up quite quickly because they can regain their points uh, so they can regain their health if you if you delay and so the idea is you fight your way with your karate um through all the various landscape and levels to the castle into the castle beat the enemies and then beat the final boss rescue the princess all done so This is uh, Jordan Mechner wrote Mm -hmm. this game. So this is the same chap that later brought the world Prince of Persia. You can see the early Prince of Persia heritage in the kind of animation style of the main sprite, the way he runs, the way the Mm -hmm. animations are very poised. The game is slow and you have to accept that when you play it. So this game runs slow. And I think if anything is going to mar your enjoyment of this game, it's the speed of the game because it is painfully slow. The animations are very deliberate. They're very slow. The enemies uh, are kind of uh, relentless and that as soon as you've beat one, you move, you know, you move more towards the the palace and then another enemy runs in and you got to fight that one and they're just so it's a you continuously fighting your way. So it's a fighting game but it is slow. And that's merely my only criticism of it. Um it's cinematic in its feel. It has that not cinematic. It's just got a story to it even if it's simple and it's told in a kind of a storytelling way. So you feel like you're part of a story that you're working out and I like I really like that Back Karataka it's its strength its weakness is that it's it's so painfully slow the fighting is actually becomes almost like watching the tv show kung fu when it all went <laughs> slow motion so you've got to you either put up with that and just play your way through this and take that for what it is if it's going to do your head in you go a lot of fighting to do this game and and so you've got to persevere with it I like it I think it looks great, the animations are really good I think it gets very samey later so the, the minimalist backgrounds and backdrops become even more minimal once you get in the palace and believe it or not I actually played this game all the way through to completion I just sat down and played it all because in in actuality it took me ages because the game's so slow I think if I'd amalgamated that time down it probably would have taken me about 45 minutes in total <laughs> but it took me about 2 hours, but I did it um, worked my way through it, took some doing let me tell you so I enjoyed it, I think that, I don't think it's a game that has a lot of repeat play possibility though so once you've done it you've done it but it's a gateway game isn't it this is the, mm-hmm. a presentation of a concept of a style of a kind of idea about how a game can be and yes it's got it's problems but it kind of works so I like it and um, I just think I can imagine that people loading it up expecting exploding fists are going to be very disappointed and um, mm. so and I think that's it's one weirdly it still manages to outdo fist Two, <laughs> so, and even if it with its slowness it's better than that so yeah. w- what did you think
0: uh, no I'm, I'm pretty much on the, in the same mind sort of thing i mean d- that, let's it's a it's a 1984 game and normally again my hackles would be up sort of thing but i remember playing a lot of karateka by mm. then something sort of when i was unaware of that sort of thing but so i think that's technically and technologically if you think about the 1984 games we've looked at stuff like doughboy and, Crap like that. This is so far ahead of them. It is slow. There's no getting around that sort of thing. It is a slow game sort of thing. But it's but I think it's slow because it's trying to do so much more. The the animation is great. The yes, it, you can see this is the direct antecedent to Prince of, Prince of Persia. You know, uh, cinematic is a is a is an absolutely perfect way to describe this. It has you know it has proper cutscenes and you know yeah you know almost sort of silent movie style. You know that when the the princess is locked in the dungeon and the door closes and she collapses to the floor. And the, yeah. the Akuma sends his Drama. guards out, sort of thing. Yeah, it, it doesn't. The, the little little stabs of music, yeah, yeah. and things and things like that. And it's got a really really good sense of atmosphere, and um, there's actually some comedy to it as well, sort of thing. Because if you at the very start, did you just go backwards and fall off the cliff? No, I didn't. You do can that. you can do that. If you just that. walk straight backwards, you fall off the cliff and it's game over.
1: <laughs> so <laughs> Which it, makes it's sense. quite
0: it's quite funny, sort of thing. Because you just see him go, and he just collapses off the back of the cliff. So there's actually you know moments of realistic humour, sort of thing. because most games sort of thing would probably block you from doing that but this actually is no You fall, you go back you go off the cliff um, and it's quite <laughs> funny the, the fights the combat is quite uh, cleverly done you've got you know you've got high low mid kick high low mid punch mm. you can do punch, you can back up and push forward there's a great idea sort of thing in the fact you've got running so you want to be running sort of thing but you need to be stopping quite early because if you run instantly and they punch you while you're running it's instant death mm. um, which is you know a, a, you know you don't want to get that you've got to have your
1: defence up right yeah
0: you, you've got to be ready from I mean, someone catches you on a word sort of thing, it's instantly, you're instantly done. You can bow to people and things like that at the start of a fight. There's, there's a lot. There's a lot to this game sort of thing. There's a lot to like. Those sprites, the, the actual character within those sprites is is really nice visually. This is a, a a real step up from a lot of stuff we look at even now. There's 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 a lot to like in this game. I see what you say It does get a bit samey, but this is a a really unusual. An unusual game for this period, mm. um, in in what it's trying to do, and and that's probably Mechner, who's clearly has a vision for what he thinks a video game can be. Mm. That you will see in Prince of Persia. He came back to do the the Prince of Persia: Sands of Time um, on you know an Xbox GameCube. I could be wrong. I don't know. I'm not sure he did something. He's done. He did something else after that, and you can see that he has like. He wants to do this really really well animated story based adventure combat game so sort I of think and, and this is this this is the start you're not wrong it's slow you get around that though and you just settle into its groove and there's there's a lot to like here and there's a lot to enjoy and it's a it's a, it's a it's it's something different. It, you know, it's like it's like hacker. It's doing something else. A, it, an interesting take on a karate game. But you know, this, this is a year before exploding fist. I think the animation's really good. One of the things I really like in the animation sort of thing is you can be walking back away from someone and your legs are doing the walk, but you can still punch. Yeah. And and it's all smoothly done. There's no. You know, you don't have to be stopped and be punching. You can be walking and punching. And the way that they those kind of moves all meld together, the animation is really nice. Yeah, I liked Karatika back then. I like Karatika now. Yeah, it's slow. But yeah, play it. It's fun. It's good. What, what, mm-hmm. what more is there? Good, good. Good cinematic early example of this kind of thing.
1: You're watching the early genesis of a game, really, because Prince of Persia comes along later. There is actually a version of Prince of Persia for the C64, I believe. Did it come out on the C64?
0: Probably. I think, I think it did. I seem, to, I think I seem to remember it
1: might have even been a homebrew game that was actually created in the C64. To so believe. I think it, I think um, it wasn't officially released, but I think it got made by some great coders that took the original Apple II code and just because that's a, a 6502 machine and mm. made a C64 version of it. So Something to look up later down the line, maybe. But
0: you would see, I mean, this would get this. The thing with Karatika, sort of thing, is that Karatika, I sort of you would see that this game would go on to influence things like Another World, Flashback. Yes,
1: absolutely. Yeah.
0: And that's this. This game probably is the first, and there might be other ones, something, sort of but I can't think of cinematic, really well animated, combat-y flick screen, whatever type of thing. Yeah. That those kind of, especially Another World and Flashback. I think they they owe a lot to this and the Prince Persia. But yeah, play it, cracker, we like. There you go that's it um, we didn't cover some games and I just thought it'd be worth pointing out why so if you're looking through the magazine you're wondering why we didn't look at some games we had World Cup 2 and World Cup Soccer that were reviewed in this game A. the World Cup isn't while well, June, July 1986 so why these games have been released seven or eight <laughs> months before and I'm not quite sure but we've had enough of really you know, crap soccer games and I don't remember them being particularly good sort of thing. if you're going to play football go play international soccer Trivia UK it's another trivia game there's nothing really more to say about it it's just another trivia game You know, we had Monster Trivia which was unusual because it was the Paul Norman Cosme game, so there was something to say about it. The other one we've missed out sort of thing, which i I, I considered putting in with something was, sort of was Sabre Wolf. That didn't like it, but you know, what what's to what's to say about Sabre Wolf at this point? And and, and I, I didn't really think it was really worth our time looking at it because people know about Saber Wolf they know what it is. And the Commodore sixty four version was not particularly well received. No. And um, and it's late a to its own game. party. Yeah, it's late yeah, to its own exactly. party. It, it, so. It, so we left it out. So if you're wondering why we didn't look at though we didn't look at those games, that's why. So yeah. you know, we can't look at everything. We're not going to overlook everything, but we've left those out and for those reasons. Right, let's wrap up. So before we pick our our choice games from this issue um, and, and give a quick roundup, we will go into the crap birds. We've got another three to look at. First one is uh, for the game Fighting Warrior. Now, the reason I picked this Fighting Warrior is it, is because of the monster. Um <laughs> <laughs> and also as well the, the 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 screenshot in particular, the very last screenshot, <laughs> which just shows a, a mummy, I don't know. It's like something, but there's the fight with the warrior is, is missing. But also as well this this is essentially what is that what is that monster?
1: That is a beaked uh, <laughs> Minotaur. Now you wondered what a f- cross between a fish <laughs> and a Minotaur looks like. That is a chicken and a Minotaur right there. So, so. I
0: I guess yeah, this like what was that game we played with the uh, flying bird? Birdman.
1: oh gosh i don't well, know that but
0: that... we looked at sort of thing it's a very similar similar
1: thing to that. yeah you know I mean,
0: it's... Me, it's, it's well drawn i'm not going to say it's badly drawn although the, the pyramid in the background is a bit flat shaded mm. a big gar- garage but the actual you know the warrior that's pretty decent good good yeah muscle yeah, tone. yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely really yeah. it just looks a bit surprised he just looks a bit shocked
1: and, and i'm um, questioning why he would be attacking that bird chicken angry chicken with what looks like a <laughs> metal stake as opposed to a sword because of the angle of the blade it actually looks like it's a the sort of thing you would hammer into the ground as a tent peg so yeah. it's got it's got it's a bit it's a bit sort of cuboid so weird so weird around, R- and, and,
0: and, the, and the, the the screenshots are really odd well they're off from the one, spectrum two, three, version aren't they? Four, well it's not just that from the spectrum version it's what they're depicting so the first one just these two men walking at each other the second one sees the bird man walking at you the, your character while you jump third one sees you hitting a lion a lion-headed man in the cat in the thighs fourth one sees you hitting whatever the the Not the Birdman, some kind of other thing in the head. The other one sees you jumping at a kind of devil sort of thing. And then the last one is, like I said, just a a mummy. A
1: pink screen with a mummy stood there.
0: Pink screen, I can't figure it out. None of these... The, you know, I don't know. It, well, I just I just like that What's that what's creature. really
1: strange about this is okay, so number one, this is a game based in Egypt. Is there any hieroglyphics on there? Is there any hieroglyphic style font and typeface on there? No. So that what, what,
0: what font is that fighting warrior? <laughs>
1: well, exactly what it ain't is ancient Egyptian. It, I mean <laughs> and it wouldn't have been hard to make it kind of Egyptian looking, would it? Just uh just using some of the hieroglyphic iconography would have been ideal. Yeah. So they avoided all of that, which means it doesn't feel very Egyptian and I think they've thought, well, you know what we're on our screenshots to carry that across it doesn't really there's some kind of sphinxes there I think to me that looks like a, a dog dangling its uh, giant erection um, hanging it over a plinth um, and so I'm not sure that that is uh, and giant carrots of course for trees so I'm not sure where they are I'm pretty sure in Egypt they did not have giant dangly dog willies and carrots for <laughs> trees um, so I'm not even sure that they're actual spectrum graphics either I wonder if that's a little bit of make believe however uh, do you I know think what?
0: they are I think it did look like I <laughs> maybe well,
1: I played it on this I played it on this Commodore 64. We'll probably review it at some point. But do you know what? I can I see that advert and I can hear the damn music for that game right now in my head. <laughs> cuz it is an earworm. Yep.
0: It's straight, so. I, I find it weird sort of thing that they didn't use the C64 visual.
1: Yeah, cuz they're better than that by miles. They are
0: better than that. Way better. Yeah,
1: maybe it wasn't ready at the time.
0: Yeah, I guess so, maybe. Anyways, that's uh, Fight Warrior. The next one is a real throwback of an advert. Oh god. <laughs> Uh, so this is new releases from Lothlorien. So in in previous in previous years, adverts were simple to just put loads of white, you know, black and white text, black and black text on a white background with maybe an image or two. And obviously adverts had progressed, and so you know they have. And now we have this throw really, really weird throwback where. Just taking up most of the screen is uh, like a Greek helmet. Oh, for, for
1: reasons unknown.
0: Yeah, but, well, it's the logo for Lothlorien, Yeah. But, but I don't why... know why Lothlorien has a Greek helmet. Well, and I don't
1: know why they haven't just put something to do with either of the games that they're advertising <laughs> on there. Because Time Sanctuary has nothing to do with that. Waterloo, definitely game. not.
0: One-player war game against Wellington. So
1: And Battle Builder. Is neither so anyway? Like you say, it's it's the, it's the Lothlorian seal of approval. Why ah, Lothlorien sounds more Scottish to me. Is it you? Just got Sc- Lothlorian? Is that a well? I,
0: I, yeah, it I does. It does sound that sort of thing, but it also sounds quite Tolkien, is not it? Lothlorian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah,
1: so it's certainly not but, Greek. Helmet or is that Greek or Roman? No. I'm not sure which that is. It looks like Greek.
0: Yeah, and I can't... There's really, really bad... There's just terrible sort of thing. It's like, if you look on the right here, underneath underneath Waterloo, it just says, look out for Austerlitz. <laughs> Launch date, November 1985, Spectrum Only. And then I think it says BBC Owners. Owners, yeah. I'm not but sure But I don't that's... know what Owners. It says own any. own any. Oh. <laughs> then it says Waterloo. Oh, okay. Dear. And then at the bottom bottom on the left, you've got Battle Builder. There's, there's no sense of... I would never buy these games. No. And I would absolutely certainly not, not put out that coupon in the bottom right hand corner and send it off.
1: No. And any game that has a where it says make enough money by trading with the natives to buy the crystals, that's me out right there. I'm not doing it. Enough trading games. <laughs> Where's that? Games. That's in the sanctuary. That's part of time the challenge. Sanctuary. Yeah, Time Sanctuary. That's part of the challenge there. Find the time machine before your presence in the sanctuary becomes unstable.
0: Well, you know, you know what this means, don't you, as well. There's also the line here says fast, full colour, surrealistic landscape graphics to capture the mood of the unworldly time sanctuary. <laughs> but ba- that means s- it's badly just badly drawn. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> surrealistic. No, surrealistic. Surrealistic. Okay, Dro- drawn by
1: my uh, six-year-old nephew. <laughs>
0: Communication facility to address a bargain with the eighteen characters.
1: <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's not inspiring, to... is it? That either. Uh, it's just. It, that, from a typeset point of view, that's just a nightmare. Yeah. You no, know, I've done professional typesetting for a newspaper back in the day, and that's that's my idea of hell on that Why? screen.
0: Because you've got the, the top two. You've got on the left of the helmet, you've got Time Sanctuary. On the right of the helmet, you have Waterloo. Both of them for the Spectrum 48K, which yeah. fair enough. But Waterloo Spectrum 48K is aligned with Waterloo for Do the. You know spectrum 48k for the time sanctuary is not aligned it's off to the right i don't understand it one of my pet
1: hates in adverts of this type and it's a strange thing I'll grant you but one of my pet hates is if you don't align your bullet points
0: oh yeah, yeah that yeah.
1: really winds me up so don't align them on the left hand side of this and then have them curve around the side of a helmet for convenience on the right don't, never do, don't use bullet points if you're going to do that you don't need them you don't have to have them you don't need to do that so no no This everything about this like is makes well, me is that, I'm starting to get angry looking at it
0: yeah because in this top part as well on Waterloo with a bullet point everything is indented so the bullet points are on the left, something. Sort of but if you go slightly down where it says full details of terrain feature and realistic strong point, the text is now underneath the bullet point. I'm starting
1: to get angry at just the, the, more, the I'm, more. I'm
0: going to find more things to just annoy you with. The, it. the more I Cause see. I know how you hate.
1: When I see mid mid bullet point emboldened subheadings <laughs> for no reason, when I see really. That's why
0: is Battle Builder all bolded? <laughs>
1: Why is the spectrum forty-eight K seven ninety-five set to the right of Sanctuary said, and not? Yeah. yeah, why is it? Just move it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I actually want to. I actually want to recreate the advert and do it correctly. That's that's how that's making me want to re- re-advertise <laughs> on their behalf. <laughs> yep, there you go. I knew, I knew this would wind you up. Do you know, it's when, they, when they advertise things like de, having having a detailed booklet, it's like that's not a that is not a
0: something that you need to advertise. That's something that it should just have. Do you know as well? I like this line as well. In the BBC <laughs> owner's Waterloo, it says simultaneous movement etc. by both players. What do you et mean etc. Cetera. etc. Cetera?
1: <laughs> et <cetera.
0: laughs> what do you
1: mean what does that by that? <laughs> It's just overlooked. I like with the French Hammy has in, in speech marks, intelligence. Intelligent,
0: intelligent
1: yeah, yeah. Intelligent doesn't it? Doesn't <laughs> need that, does it? You know. So for, for once, those French Hammy people have got intelligence. It seems mean anyway.
0: That's Lothlorien for you. That's Lothlorien. There you go. They've got some new releases out. Our last advert. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Whether the spectrum <laughs> just had really crap adverts. <laughs> 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 I don't know. Experience. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so this is for a game called surf champ which is the ultimate surfing simulation game so i'm sniffing another glider pilot yeah. pilot pilot oh kayak, my gosh
1: nonsense. please don't ever let this come out on the Commodore 64
0: <laughs> so at the top it just says experience in lowercase underneath this there is the word surf champ at a, a bit of an angle uh with some with terrible <laughs> we've talked about sort of the uh, mid-gradient sort of nonsense across letters 80 style but This attempts that, but doesn't do it very well. With a bit of some, also some speed lines as well on the air.
1: It doesn't shout... Surfing does it really? And
0: underneath it, there's a there's a picture of a, a, a sort of a, a youngish boy, a teenage boy, being attacked by his TV spewing waves and a leg on a on a surfboard coming out of his telly while he hits his spectrum and loses well, he's, his fingers. <laughs> he's, he's losing his fingers in a pool of white on his oh, spectrum.
1: No, that's his that's his um, surfboard. That's his new key surfboard. But oh, you pl- right, you place okay. that over your rubber keyed Sinclair spectrum so you can oh, get the yes, real ex- real experience of surfing, just his like finger- the real surfers do. By sticking he- their hand on a piece of plastic and <laughs> standing next to the ocean. His fingers are broken. They're badly broken, yeah. <laughs> And, uh, and his hand is his hand is going to do nothing. That water is going to hit his face and his open mouth.
0: <laughs> this so. is surfing. This is from new Con- concepts, and it says, "Is your spectrum waterproof?" But see, that's just asking for trouble because that's inviting people to actually test this. Yes, <laughs> like you're going to have loads of broken spectrums. It's going. No, it's not, and it's probably not. Those, those rubber keys had gaps.
1: I doubt that this is the most realistic sports simulation ever, um, and I don't know what Fistral Surfmaster means. I don't, I don't like the sound of it. <laughs>
0: Fistral Surfmaster. I not don't know what,
1: that. I don't know what that means, and I don't like it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> if someone came up to you and said, "Would you like to try my Fistral Surfmaster?"
1: <laughs> no, I know. just to squeeze this, squeeze my uh, surfboard concept on my squeeze rubber surfboard keys, and a yeah. load
0: of liquid will appear and yes, can, uh, come, f- foam at you. <laughs> is
1: that is that water splashing my face? Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll call it water. Yeah.
0: <laughs> champ just it works dreadful. better with your eyes closed off you go <laughs> you know what else I don't like as well I don't like that kind of like airbrushed soft blue curve underneath the table where sat. I don't no, know I don't I, like I, it I
1: don't like any of the background colors because they don't shout ocean they shout burning hot sun um <laughs> that shouts some supernova in the background it shouts everything <laughs> but surfing now, why wouldn't you just have somebody riding a wave um it just it, everything about that is so wrong again I, I just feel like I, I feel like I've if I had the skills and graphic design and things that I've got now, I wish I could time travel and go back. I could be a millionaire in this world because you just take these adverts <laughs> and go, do you know I'll, I'll, I'll let me redo it for
0: you. You've wanted to have a time machine for quite a lot of these games, I think, to remember. I you, were, well, you, were you want know, to work out a the... lot of games, design all the adverts. <laughs> this, this, <laughs> you I feel like I right could right help. the wrongs
1: <laughs> of the 80s. Do you know, it would be the worst version of the Terminator ever. I went back, killed a, killed a few game designers and d- redesigned some adverts. It'd be like, aren't you meant to be like this unstoppable killing machine? Yeah, no, that's the T-1000. I'm the T-1005-GE, the graphic edition. <laughs> i just come back to fix your... Oddly, oddly, cho- odd choices of typeface.
0: <laughs> he absolutely will not stop. Absolutely from
1: changing our typefaces. Stop changing my typefaces. No, I see that new concepts logo down there, and I'm saying <laughs> you've got too many fonts on that screen. No, this is just a mishmash, oh, and I don't like the way, way they keep doing playing. this. If you notice this with these adverts, they just put a hanging word at the top. It's like it will say like its or experience or go or and like this one's just got the word experience just yeah. splattered at the top for no
0: in a font that doesn't match any of the others. It's like just yeah. def- wow. Why, why did that? And in just in lowercase. Yeah, why? I don't know. <laughs> I honestly don't know. I don't no. I don't. It's a it's no. a bad advert. Let's move the only on. Anything it's making me experience is pain. <laughs> <laughs> Fistral surfmaster. <laughs> no. If you need a catch line for this advert, I'm just gonna actually put that. There's gonna be no show notes for this. So you're gonna wonder why you're gonna download this episode and it just says Fistral surfmaster <laughs> in the show notes. No, <laughs> <laughs> There we go. Right. So that's our crap for uh, for this week. Uh, let's round up. Let's look at the charts. Now, there's an interesting this up sort of to because there were chart. Well, interesting to me. There were charts in both the uh, Commodore Snoozer and uh, the CMVG for the Commodore 64. And they're both different, which makes me question where, where they were getting this data from for these charts. Um, I can only assume there were different points. So I really should notice which was which actually. Um, but uh, uh, actually, no, the first one is uh, CMVG. So CMVG has Summer Games 2 at number one, Sky Fox, Beachhead 2, Exploding Fist, Now Games. Don't remember that. It's no, compilation, I don't. obviously. Baron Ruggigan's World. <laughs> They comfort it in So we've got B. McGuigan Word um, Baron McGuigan's so World it, Championship you, Boxing So
1: which order are you doing these in? Are we carrying from 1 to 10 Or 10 to 1?
0: I'm going 1 to 1 downwards uh, right, okay. Do you want me to go 10 upwards? I'll go 10 upwards I can do 10 upwards well. 10 upwards We've got Elite at 10 Hyper Sports at 9 Kickstart Karatica Baron McGuigan's World Championship Boxing Now Games the well Exploding Fist, Beachhead, Skyfox, that number one, Summer Games 2. Okay. Other games in that top 20, according to C M V G, Frank Goes to Hollywood, Paradise Keepers. This is a good snap. Hunter Patrol, ah, yeah. uh, 15. Be gone. Uh, yeah, indeed. Um, All right, but in Commodore User, at number 10 is Wizardry, which is nowhere to be seen in the C M V G stuff. Now Games is nine. Black Witch, which is at 17. Beachhead 2, Karatika, Baron McGuigan, Way of Exploding Fist, Skyfox, Summer Games 2. A new win at number one is Frank Bruno's Boxing.
1: Mm, something
0: strange about that, because some of these
1: games weren't even out at this time.
0: That's what I'm thinking. This is such a strange thing. I mean, they could mm. be released at different points of the month. I understand that. Different times sort of thing. But it's just weird that they're both November issues with completely mm. different completely different charts. Yeah. The whole point is that we're going to get Frank Bruno's Boxing soon. Yeah, we are, yeah. Which is going to be a discussion. Parador is in at 17, uh, according to Commodore user. There you go. Terra Molinos at number 20. Oh, goodness me, no. (laughs) That's bad, isn't it? um right okay so before we pick our games of this issue what we got t- to look forward to in the next issue ace can remember that was okay we have a minter game in battle a minter game I think, I think so it is, isn't it, it maybe uh black witch which is the sequel to Entune. crazy comets remake hubbard of the Cl- arcade mad planets yeah hubbard classic as well if i remember rightly yeah very much um, so we'll probably uh electrosound is the gold medal but electrosound is a sound Composing thing and it? it's like a yeah, music so. music program, so we yeah. probably won't look at that. We do have Frank Bruno's boxing. Oh my um, gosh. Rupert in the Ice Palace is there. scarabaeus. Um, so that could be quite interesting. Spies Well, we'll actually look at Spy's demise and Spy Strikes Back. Those. Oh uh, my. Oh my gosh. like Top of the Copper.
1: I'm not holding out a lot of hope for that.
0: What Top of the Copper? Well, we had to. Hopefully, we better than Cops and Robbers. Exactly. Uh, who does wins two?
1: oh now that is a classic.
0: Yep, Zed. I think she remembers Zed being okay. Uh, okay, you know some other bits and bobs. So uh, a Zy- something called Zyto, which I have no, is, um, no it's
1: clue te- about. Is Terra Molinos, is that a sequel to Everyone's a wally.
0: No, I think Terra Molinos is a text-based adventure.
1: Uh, I, I wonder, I just, for some reason I connect the two in my mind. It's probably for no reason at I all. I think
0: it's a text-based adventure, because if you look where they come it in is, the magazine, yeah, you've got is. The Magician's Ball, Neverending <laughs> Story, yeah, Secret yeah, Derivade Mole, and that all in the same time, mm. same as Ulysses, those so stuff we won't be looking at. Some spicy meatballs in that dish. There is, so that's more stuff. So you've got that to come next week. So uh, let's just wrap up with our games, our choices. Go on, you can have the obvious one.
1: Well, Paradroid obviously has to go in the list. Um, um, because it because it just does i believe so so what else
0: well i'm going to put in young lady chatterley 2 <laughs> is that a game <laughs> it is now <laughs> you have to waggle the joystick a lot for that one have it? absolutely now i'm going to put in winter games 2 okay oh, yeah sorry. Win- winter, winter, games. winter games Win- young lady Charlie 2 is on my mind oh, <laughs> winter a, games yeah i'm putting oh, in, in winter put games in yeah. um so we've got uh Parodroid winter game anything else we should put in I, I want
1: to put Karataka in there. Um, I just I don't. I think you can. It's yeah. It's got the same thing. And I think I'd put Hacker in there as well. For me, those. Yeah,
0: I think Hacker and Karatika. Would you put the one I would ask for you if you wanted to put in? Would be Wizards Lair. I, I do and I
1: don't. I think it's just it's a game. If it was if it was if Attic Attack didn't exist, I'd say yes because it would be because Wizards Lair is just borrowed gameplay from that game. So I think because Attic Attack exists and a different plat. I know it's a different platform and everything, but it's Wizards Lair is nothing original it's just that game remade with different graphics so that's the reason i'm not putting it in the list even though it got great review at zap i'm not putting it in the list because it's derivative there's nothing really unique about it whereas something like hacker is completely unique and i think it deserves a, a place in there
0: i agree that's fair enough um i i just know that you, you were liking it sort of thing so i didn't know whether you want to put it in but yeah, yeah. hacker karateka winter games paradroid our choice games for november 1985 um and on that note i think we will call it Uh, an episode so thank you very much for listening um, where can people find us if people do want to find us on the internet? Where, where can they find us? What do you think? So you can find us on Twitter um, and at Zapped to the because Zapped to the past wouldn't fit. Um, so it's just <laughs> at Zapped to the all one word. You can find us on Facebook. Um, we've got pages and groups. So just search for Zapped to the past. You can find us on Instagram, Zapped to the past, um, and you can find our website where we will be putting up crap birds uh, and all manner of other stuff. Probably simply Zapped to the past dot com um and that's where we are so come along join us tweet us say anything you want uh you can email us at what can email us that by the way zap to the past at gmail.com zap to the past at gmail.com so if you've got anything you want to drop to us in an email we'll be quite happy to hear that um, and so yeah so there you are i've been adrian mills i have been graham Ruddings. Um, and you've been listening to zap to the past we'll see you next week thank you for listening to the zap to the past podcast We
1: hope you enjoyed our deep dive into the world of Commodore 64 games, as well as the music, sights, sounds, and news from around the 1980s, driven, of course, by the issue of Zap 64 magazine published at the time. We will be back next week with another podcast, so do please join us. Until then, please head over to zaptothepast.com to sign up to our email list, as well as check out all the links and resources in the show notes. We will also find us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram under Zap to the Past. The Zap to the Past podcast is written and produced by Adrian Mills and Gray Raddings and recorded at Flaky Bits 2.0 Studio. All opinions expressed are those of the writers, and while we indeed love Zap64 magazine, the Zap to the Past podcast is not affiliated with it in any way. Stay safe and see you next time.